Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME. John Hughes' second-best Thanksgiving movie, Jurassic Park Bogus Journey, and Captain America Begins this week on 302010. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you back across three decades in uh, pop culture release history. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? The star spangled good man with the plan, Diana Goodman. Ooh. ooh. Beat that! Uh, it's me, Sarah. Oh, no, it's just me, Sarah. Oh, yeah, man. no plan, <laughs> no plan at all. No. Do you pl- have a wig in a box? Ooh, I actually have several wigs in boxes. <laughs> this, this is true. Um, man, I have. You saved them. Oh God, I'm so sad about that. But I cannot wait to talk about the movies this week. Uh, another really stellar week for releases as we talk about what came out throughout a single week, this week being July 16th to the 22nd, across three decades, 30, 20, and 10 years ago, 1991, 2001, and 2011. Again, every decade filled with bona fide classics. Very excited to talk about it. But this, uh, other than the show being executive produced by Justin Allen and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time, give us five bucks. We'll give you a bunch of extra shows. Sick of Star Wars, uh, 30, 20, 10 games of the Video Game Apocalypse Boys, over 100 movie commentaries, more on, coming uh, every week. We wanted to address some stuff at the top. That rarely happens. Uh, can, God can I, damn it! Can I start yeah. with Can I start with the, the lighter stuff? Sure. Okay. I sent it to you guys just before we recorded. Uh, Andrew in the Laser Time Facebook community. I sent you Annie Potts from Ghostbusters. We got one. <laughs> Somebody who had never seen Terminator Two: Judgment Day, but saw it. Like, all right, I'll check it out. Thirty twenty ten. <laughs> if you yes. say it's okay. It's <laughs> and, and the best compliment he got out of it, he's like, yeah, pretty good. Doesn't look like a movie made 30 years ago. Looks like a movie made 10 years ago. I'm like, I'll take it. That, <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. That's, a, that's a high uh, compliment. I saw some nice comments of someone like showed their son that, for the first time. And I was like, oh, bonding. This was I love it. I now know why you cry. You can say that to your kid forever. Just show him that movie <laughs> once. Uh, but other news, uh, other things to address for our community. At the yeah, time. we we're calling off the Cuba Gooding Jr. Assange. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. just, just we, we did it. not know because the the news broke early during COVID and we all missed it. Yeah, I did not like that picture of him either. No. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't think he'd age that much. No. And then it's just like right. Oh, he looks old. Oh, rape charges. What happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. I truly had no idea. Mm-hmm. So obviously a retract my uh call yep. for him to return to our public life it's okay just yeah. just push it yeah. over push that energy into the brendan fraser renaissance take, it, okay. I'll, take your I'm chips off cuba yeah mm-hmm. yeah always side with the victims not the perpetrators awesome Word. yeah no uh was it 30 different women said he 30 grabbed them yeah Three zero yeah it was, oh. it was a lie Let's see if a lot his, of groping. See if his lawyers and, can cut it down to 30, 30 to 20 to 10. I, I'm not going to try and make a plug out of that. I apologize. Yeah. And I don't think I mentioned it when we were talking about Boys in the Hood that <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne is only seven years older than him yeah. and playing his dad. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. That's some and, gravitas. I mean, right? they're, and they're, now they're... I think we can all agree that he should be charged with Lawrence Fishburne kicking the living shit out of him. Yeah. 
I mean, that was the point of the movie, to have them look close in age. That's why they interact like friends and less parents. Well, they're supposed to be 17 years apart. Yeah. Because, you know, had him as a teenager. Mm. But, yeah, fuck Cuba Gooding Jr. That feels good to say. <laughs> I am a, disappointed. What a waste I of an Oscar. I can say that officially now. Waste mm. of an Oscar. Is that, is that our dirty business? Because it's... The, <laughs> As we move into 91, it gets no less dark. Some great news. Yeah. Let's talk about the news. <laughs> uh, the, which, which bit of dark news do you want first? Um, do we want to stick with rape Milwaukee. or a serial killer? Yeah, hmm. you want the one that made Milwaukee a punchline yet again? Yeah. Wisconsin is where all the best serial killers come from. It, oh. it, it, well, and, California, yeah. but, you know. <laughs> oh, we had some good ones. Yes. No, we had some good ones. But, no, Wisconsin has Gein and Dahmer, man. That's Those true. are two gold stars right there. And, yeah, we all learned the name Jeffrey Dahmer 30 years ago this week because he is arrested and he pretty much immediately confesses to what he's been doing for years. Killing men. Mm-hmm. Saving their bodies. Eating some of them. Eating some of them. <sighs> yeah. Seven, 17 men. Yeah. Over the years. And it also comes out how badly the Milwaukee PD fucked up. And it, like, yes. he, he had a kid escape from him. Yes. And they gave him back. Uh, they kept running into this guy being creepy and just kept brushing it off as like, oh, those gays, they do things. They're mm. weird. Mm. Yeah. This is a boyfriend. Yes boyfriend fight and they're kinky and weird and it's like that kid is like 14 naked and screaming mm-hmm. yeah. like oh yeah just go back with your boyfriend i know and- i saw cruising <laughs> just to each their own yeah yep <sighs> but no it was pretty awesome that uh he got caught because a, it, a dude escaped yeah yep yeah um... dude, dude escaped when uh he i think he was gonna tie him up and he he had a thing like jeffrey dahmer is one of the saddest serial killers because he just wanted to be loved. Is that so wrong? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's pretty wrong. One of his things was he kind of wanted to make like zombies, like people that weren't really conscious that would just love him. Mm. Yeah. If I did that with women, I think you'd have a huge problem with it. Yeah. Just drilling into people's heads <laughs> yes. and pouring acid in there so that they'd be incapacitated but still alive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a sick, sick motherfucker. Yeah. That didn't and make it's a good it- thing. He's that dead. far before beyond prison. Uh, yeah, what? it was just a matter of time. Like the second he got into prison, it's like everyone uh, is going to want to kill him for street cred. Unlike a lot of other serial killers, it really did ruin that name. No, have you met another Dahmer since then, or has everybody gone down to the old name change office? And you're just not like I don't like <laughs> Hitler or Cosby. You're not going to see that as we move throughout time anymore. <laughs> uh, no, not going to meet another Dahmer in your lifetime. Um, I've never been to Black Rhode Island, but um, there's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to Black Rhode Island. Um, but uh, Mike Tyson is arrested for the rape of uh, Miss Black Rhode Island this week and is one of the few people to ever survive that kind of charge. Him and Chris Brown. Like, it, it, like just feel like they got in under, like, the <laughs> the invention of Twitter that get to keep on working steadily mm-hmm. and we just don't talk about How? it. Yeah. Tupac, too. Yeah, Tupac well, Tupac had a trial. more interesting yeah. out. But, uh, <sighs> yeah, Mike. Yeah. Well, Ed Woody Allen. So one of my favorite clips on the internet. Ed Roman Polanski. Hey, we can keep naming. Honestly, it's true. It's actually not that surprising. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, actually went to trial, were found guilty, and did their time. Yeah, that doesn't happen much. Yeah, and just I, I I love. I don't care much for boxing, but I love boxing documentaries. That Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson documentary. Mike Tyson is in jail on rape charges. So the boxing world doesn't really respect anybody who wins during that period. 
Mm. So it's like this giant mm-hmm. asterisk. Like you, you won the fight, but the real champ is in prison on ra- on a rape beef. And mm-hmm. and so Evander Holyfield, like his entire life, was denied champion status until he finally got to ha- fight Mike Tyson. And then he did a bunch of stuff to where like that is not a fun victory, Mister Earbiter. And then. Yeah. Then and then sk- skip to a couple years. Mike Tyson, big hit in the Hangover movies, and he's mm-hmm. singing a uh, Monster Mash with Bobby Brown and Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, we've all we've all forgotten. <laughs> yeah, this is this news is the first time I heard the word rape as a five year old. Oh, I had no idea what that was. Hi. I remember hearing it on the news, ha- hearing it in relation to Mike Tyson as five-year-old having no idea what that means yeah. and in my mind he took a rake and hit a lady with the <laughs> rake and i was like damn that would really hurt yeah. like i'm glad he's in jail because it would really hurt if someone you, hit you with a rake you can't do that buster keaton shit nowadays no yeah Mm-mm. that's that's what my little brain thought <laughs> and my, my last addendum i meant to say John McGinley has the distinction of the first person I ever heard say the word "cum" in a movie. I, I didn't. I didn't get that out during Point Break. Young, dumb, full of cum. Like I've never heard that word before. Nineteen ninety-one on film. Thank you, John C. McGinley. Well, we're all living, <laughs> learning, laughing during this time period. <laughs> uh, on but lighter news and Point Breaky news. People's sexiest man alive. Fucking Bodie. Ronald Hell Reagan yeah. himself. Patrick Swayze of last week's yeah. Point Break fame. And and other things, but like Point Break really is kind of my favorite Swayze joint. Uh, Roadhouse. Mm. Um, <laughs> you can't fuck with Dirty Dancing. I'm sorry. I, this, I, this is going to be split right down gender. Yeah. yeah still never <laughs> seen it. But I mean, let's be clear. He's probably here because of Dirty Dancing. No one. Yeah. He's not getting a vote for Point Break or even The Outsiders. Oh, Ghost. Um, Ghost. Ghost. Oh, Ghost, yeah. Ghost yeah. is huge, man. But he does, he does have like. It looks like that. This whole period, Patrick Swayze looks like he's like fresh off a production of Cats. He's a little fuzzy. His hair is huge. He's Um, lithe. You can see his dick through his pants. It's it's just yeah. It looks like he should be singing about Rum Pum Tugger. But Patrick Swayze, we salute you. And I don't want to learn anything bad about you. Uh, You always seem like a decent dude. Probably won't. Yeah, I'm sure there's a novel. I'm not going to praise any famous people from now on. That's just going to be my eh. my stance. Do not let I'm just this... going to assume that everyone has done a crime against humanity. So every time I find out something nice about them, I'm pleasantly surprised. Don't let this yeah, keep I you think, from loving Diana. Mm-mm. I think that we can really only, like, our only safe space here is Dolly Parton and Jimmy Carter. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, I feel like I'm going to go to bat hard for Ed O'Neill and Keanu Reeves and then as the segment moves forward. Mm. <laughs> Two great people. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, Paul Newman all the time, safe. though, for me. No uh, one good has ever happened since Paul Newman. <laughs> come on. Come now. And then don't, it, you can love this person and then uh, abandon them when you learn something shitty about them. It's fine. Sure. Um, and, that's what we do in real life. Yeah. It's harder to do in real <laughs> life, but this isn't real life. This is people you don't know. Let's move to the movies of 1991. Uh, man, I hope you three people are enjoying Terminator 2 for the first time again this week because it's still number one at the box office. But we also have Scorchers, a fantastically titled movie. That I did not see. Faye Dunaway, James Earl Jones, Emily Lloyd, and Jennifer Tilly. Scorchers. It sounds not well titled because mm-hmm. it's adapted from a play, so there's a lot of standing around talking mm. about, like, Emily Lloyd's supposed to get married, and they're in the deep south, and everyone's talking like this, and it's really sweaty. Yuck. And, like, finds out someone's been messing with, I think her, her groom has been messing with the town sex worker, Faye Dunaway, and, like, James Earl Jones is there as, like, the bartender who knows everyone's secrets, and it's just like... <sighs> came and went real fast 
And so did the next movie, but we have to talk about it because it is such an HBO staple. Oh, I don't know it at all. Oh my God, yes! I don't know it at all. Yes, yes. Erica Anderson, uh, His Honor Judge Reinhold, and uh, Nicolas Cage and Zandalee. I can't believe you haven't seen this. It's amazing. She had everything, but she was not fulfilled. God, it has nothing to do with you. Until a stranger entered her life. I know what you really are. I make no excuses for what I do. And swept her into a world of insatiable passion. I want you to move in with me. No. I didn't kill him. You have a mistress, don't you? Wow, that was a literal panty drop. I, I don't think we've... I've seen that while recording 30, 2010. Nicholas Cage confronting a woman in the rain and the panties come down. Yep. Woo! It's just what happens at this time in his life. He just looks at you funny and your panties just boop. Bam. Oh. Fucking Zandali is crazy. I thought it might be a Zalman King joint like Wild Orchid or Red Shoe Diaries, but no, mm-hmm. it's just like some some random folks. But it is a New Orleans set erotic thriller that is fucking hilarious because <laughs> Nicolas Cage is being super Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. but he's also an artist cool. and he and Judge Reinhold were like buddies and Judge Reinhold's married to Erica Anderson who's like really pretty but not that great an actress and uh, like their marriage isn't going well and then she starts a steamy torrid affair with Nicolas Cage where they're like they're always like fucking in places that they're about to get caught and it's like really like you're having a dinner party and then you, you cheat on your husband in the laundry room while they're having a dinner party I think he might start suspecting. That's a good way to get rid of the evidence. I like it. Yeah. Go big or go home. Yeah. But it does have an all-timer Nicolas Cage moment, if you are a fan of Nicolas Cage going for it. There is a point where he has a freak out, I think because she breaks up with him. Oh, he has a freak out in his artist studio, <laughs> slashes at all of his paintings, and then starts covering himself in black paint while yes! shrieking. Oh, like Bronson. I love it. And- oh, yeah, it is. It, it's that deep fried hokum that I love so much. Please, they uh, just don't make that shit anymore. I hope he's using in New Orleans a Creole accent the whole time as well. Everyone's uh, doing like indistinct Southern accents that are really dumb. Mm. There's a point where they like dance a quadrille. Nicholas Cage and Judge Reinhold. It's weird. It's fucking hilarious and weird, and I super recommend it. I feel like a lot of people right now are going like, oh, shit, that's the thing that was on Cinemax late at night that I watched for boobies. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> a really a really fun thing to have in the Spank Bank um, in 1991. Seriously. Oh, it is it, great. Is Zandali the name of like a, a section of New Orleans that I'm not familiar with? No, it's her name. Okay, boring. Because, you know, that's the name you have. It is. <laughs> It does sound like a comedy sketch where someone tries to come up with a name on the fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zandu. I mean, but it sounds so good with a big southern accent. I need you, Zandalee. Yeah, you come Zandu. on. It's great. I <laughs> love this movie. Give it's me back so my trailer, Zandalee. So uh, silly. And um, like like we say about um, 302010 in general, it helps you place where you were, what you were doing. And I know this week, you ever have like a, a friend for just a year yes. when you were a little kid mm. and uh, my Ben was my friend for a year, and the first time I spent the night at his house, we went and saw this Thanksgiving movie at, in, in theaters, and we were like the only people in there. I remember it very distinctly. Christopher McDonald, Joe Beth Williams, Ethan Embry, Ed O'Neill, and the movie Dutch. Only one thing can control a kid as obnoxious as Doyle, and he just walked in the door. <laughs> I'm a friend of your mother's. <laughs> I came to get you to bring you home. Okay, sugar, what'll it be? What won't make me vomit? Uh, 
Nothing burps better than bacon. Disgusting. <laughs> Dutch. See, I'm not such a bad guy, huh? Rated PG-13. Special. Yeah, I, I've always had a soft spot for this film, even though I'm, I'm very aware it's not mm. very good. It's not very good. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, yeah, it's uh, a slightly less violent over the top. What is it? Mm. Ed O'Neill plays the, well, he's not, is he stepfather or he's just the boyfriend? A boyfriend. I think he's the boyfriend. The boyfriend of Joe Beth Williams, whose son, Ethan Embry, is in boarding school and then loses his ride home. And she's like, would you go pick him up? And so he meets this future stepson for the first time. And Ethan Embry's a wise beyond his years, spoiled fucking brat. And Ed O'Neill is a middle class, uh, not hard drinking, but hard diner. Uh, like just they don't get along very well, and it's it's very it's just that Ed O'Neill is the comic relief. Like I, you think you'd see that you see that all the time, but usually he plays kind of straight up supporting roles ever since Married with Children. Yeah, that's true. And it is it is mildly different than Al Bundy, and I didn't know he had any range at all until I saw this film. And it, it, yeah. it ends with typical John Hughes heart, and nothing will replace planes, trains, and automobiles. But like, we don't have a lot of Thanksgiving movies. That's true. So I, yeah, no, this my problem is it's written by John Hughes, and it, it feels like someone trying to be John Hughes instead of actually John Hughes. Cause it's just uncle buck meets planes, trains and automobiles. That's yeah. what I was going to say. It sounds very similar to uncle buck. Yep. Just the, yeah. the feel yep. of it. That's, that's, that's yeah. Nail, nail on the head and uh Dutch, but that, does, that is not the number one comedy of this week. That is a very, very wonderful caveat. Cause I love this film. <laughs> uh, George Carlin, Pam Greer, Joss Ackland, uh, Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, uh, and what the hell, William Sadler? <laughs> he's oh yeah, I didn't even put him in there. He's fantastic. I, yeah, I love that guy. One of my favorite sequels of all time, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Bill and Ted are dead. No way. Yes way. Is this the end of a very short movie? I think we're our own personal hell. Or the beginning of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? You got it, dude. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Rated PG. This, this movie is fucking great. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you see this one before the first one, Antista? No, 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 no. Because there was plenty of time. Because uh, I was going to say. Excellent Adventure, what, is like six years old at this point? It's been about, it's been out for a while. 89. So two, two years. Oh, is, is it only two years? Uh, yeah. No, I, know. I, have, I have my completely other history with bill and ted's excellent adventure but like bogus journey my dad knew i liked bill and ted took me to the theater to see it i remember he bought me the soundtrack afterwards and i oh. hated it i just oh. wasn't into like a. It, it's really earnest ballady hair metal and ends oh. with a kiss song because god mm. gave rock and roll to you and it's a kiss song so they repeat that nine thousand times uh, because they don't like writing anything between choruses but bill and ted's i think it's one of the most inventive sequels i've ever seen they could you, you, yeah. you think you could get... They could have just done the same thing yeah. again. How, how much mileage can you get out of time travel? You could just do that again. So they just completely mm. forego that and go af all full afterlife with references to films children will not understand or get. <laughs> it's lots yeah. and lots of Seven yeah. Seal references. Yeah. What? Kids don't like the Bergman movies about plagues? <laughs> what are you talking about? They love the Bergman movies. Some of the most fun... Uh, I don't think it gets enough credit. We did a laser time a long time ago when the new at the time 2016 Ghostbusters was coming out about um, uh, effects laden comedies it's something that doesn't work most of the time but this is like effects all over the place really fun effects yeah. 
Like when they're dead in the movie and they're in black, you think they're shooting in black and white? Like, no, they just dressed them in black and white clothing and painted their faces a little pale. And it it's such a cool looking effect as they're walking around the world dead. Uh, it looks like something out of a music video. Most of the, the entire movie looks like a music video because it should. Great depiction of hell. Um, odd use of the F word, but it is delivered at the devil and by evil people. Um <laughs> Something we wouldn't normally see nowadays, yeah. but yeah, just sort of what evil robots, um, evil robots head. Yeah, uh, 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 it's one of my favorite depictions. Death, but he's he's just a guy. In, in, you can argue with him, you can trick him, you can confuse him. He's just sort of like 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 the idea that death is middle management. And the, the movie the movie starts in the future. And if Mystery Science Theater three thousand fans want to see what time chasers would look like with a fucking hollywood budget that fashion <laughs> in the beginning of the movie is absolutely wonderful everything is a pastel neon <laughs> color everything is puffy from the knee pads shoulder pads the big boots it's wonderful george carlin is barely in the fucking movie but it, it just yeah. proves to me that this is one of my favorite on-screen duos and i think they have one of the best trilogies ever made um, yeah I really this do. was I, I have probably not watched this since 91 and watching it, I rewatched it ahead of Bill and Ted face the music. Yep. So it was like, might as well, let's do this as a double feature. And it was like, yeah, they go together really well. They do. <laughs> like, I mean, as a trilogy, it works, but those two in particular go together really well. Like face the music is a continuation of this as much, if not more than a continuation of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, yeah. which is kind of weird because yeah, excellent adventure stands alone pretty well. So, yeah, and just like this also sort of stands alone pretty well. It's it's just weird. Yeah, it's it's, a weird trilogy. It's like if if Gremlins two didn't hate Gremlins that much as much as it did. (laughs) It's not trying to like stick like flip its finger up at the original. It's it fits really well and like doesn't doesn't go anywhere near the same territory. In fact, I I always loved. You'll hear it in upcoming Laser Time how how much they just how much they flippantly acknowledge the the previous movies. Like I can't believe my stepmom divorced your dad and married mine. (laughs) And, and, <laughs> and you just see his dad walking around sad and drinking like what a silly throwaway joke as a kid i was just like that's fucking hilarious that's uh yeah that's a good comparison to gremlins too it's like yeah. they're both odd sequels that do not they do not feel like retreads of the originals it really does feel like yeah a further adventure a yeah. different story uh, and, and a more so expensive many sequels are just like you liked it before here it is yes. again. We just talked about our primary disappointment with Hangover 2, and it's like the exact mm-hmm. same fucking thing yes. two years later. And this is like, wow, you went out of your way to, to not make Home Alone 2 here. You, this is entirely different with, with totally different themes and just off-the-wall silliness in a way the other movie, the, other, the previous movie's pretty grounded. And this paves the way <laughs> for, for Bill and Ted's uh, Face the Music, which I thought was might be the finest movie of the pandemic. Um, Bill and Ted oh, face the music. It's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. really a testament then to the strength of the characters. Yeah. That, and how much you enjoy them as an audience because you don't need them to be doing the same things. You just need them to be with each other. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. Is awesome. I, I say this all the time. It, a it, movie about friendship. I, you know, I, yeah. I love it. <laughs> in, 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 in real life, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are friends. They're both right. like interested in filmmaking. They give a shit about the performances. I've always admired Keanu Reeves and like a. Bill, uh, Bill and Ted was always used to like make fun of him and like uh, critique his limited nature as an actor. And he's like, I fucking love those movies. I'll do another one any anytime. I, uh, mm-hmm. He voiced the cartoon yeah. characters. He never 
looked down upon these characters. I was I always thought that was really cool. George Carlin, though, is barely in this movie, and I don't think he felt the same, <laughs> even though he was also voiced in the cartoon. It is so mm. weird that we just had two Keanu Reeves movies in a, in row. a row. Right? And He's having like, a great month. In a row. And, but they feel so different. I yeah. mean, Point Break versus Bill and Ted. It's like Ted is a very different character. Like, they're both really kind of dumb characters. <laughs> yeah. But, but they seem like they're different people. Like, good acting? I guess. Yeah, I, I, oh, I'm so confused. And I always like to defend this because, like, I don't know anybody who thinks this is their favorite, who who feels this is their favorite movie. I walk in a lot yeah. of nostalgic circles, and I see a bunch of Star Wars, Back to the Future, even Gremlins. Never any love for Bill and Ted, and I think it's got three great films. And the the middle one might be my favorite. This is Empire for Bill and Ted. Don't sleep on it. It's very very good. <laughs> and William Sadler, don't like that guy rules. You've seen him in a billion things. First episode of Tales from the Crypt, uh, head of the sisters, Shawshank Redemption, and he's death uh, in this movie. Bad guy in uh, Die Hard Two. Die Hard Two. He's in a ton yeah. of stuff, and he's plays multiple roles in this. And I, his death is just endlessly entertaining. I gave him a Melvin. <laughs> like it, it's such a weird parody. What is it? The Seventh Seal. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's such. A <laughs> yeah, instead of having to play chess against death, you have to play like Battleship and Twister. And Twister. <laughs> <laughs> You'll sink my better ship. This is this is on um, HBO Max. Um, almost a lot of trouble streaming stuff this week. So HBO Max was the only thing that was there for me. Uh, and then uh, moving into television in 1991, July 16th to the 22nd, we finally had the China Beach finale several years yeah. after the fact. Wow. Yeah, only only four seasons. But I mean, this was like super critically acclaimed. It had a really, really good cast uh, about nurses, mostly in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just another one of those shows where it's like there's too much music. They can't lock down the rights so oh. if you can't find a used dvd somewhere you are never gonna get to see china beach and that sucks because i remember it being very good but uh, dana delaney mark hellenberger robert picardo it was just an interesting show and yeah. nope nope mm-mm. okay that explains then why i really had never heard of it until we started doing the show honestly interesting and it looks like the producer went on to produce er and used a lot mm-hmm. of the same actors there that's uh, interesting uh, yeah, nah, that's a bummer. And uh, what, also we lost Valerie slash the Hogan family, which after six seasons, but that's wow. the one that I just, yeah, I mean, it was it was the Roseanne situation before the Roseanne situation happened, oh. where it was a Valerie Harper starring family sitcom with little Jason Bateman, mm-hmm. and then she got into a fight with over her contract, and she's like, well, I'm walking, and I'm the star of the show, and it's named after me, and you can't do anything about it, and they're like, yeah, we can. It's called the Hogan family now. And then it like goes two more seasons, two or three. It wow. keeps going. Yeah. Yep. And, and, uh, wow. The show, the show I remember making a major impact on me. Hi, honey. I'm home debuts. What a weird freaking show. Oh my God. I just looked into this and it is bizarre. Yeah. It's more bizarre. I didn't have any idea it debuted on ABC's TGIF block, like right. in, in like the perfect stranger slot. Cause for me, it was like Nickelodeon advertise the shit out of this it was like the perfect tv land or nick while nick at night is rerunning all these old black and white sitcoms they kind of jesus how would you describe the premise of this show it is a 1950s family that lives in black and white that moves into a real neighborhood a real 1991 neighborhood or something i forget what the premise is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah is is that it Uh, i forget exactly how it happened yeah Yeah. pretty much (laughs) it's like like the brady bunch movie or something like that where it's like they don't realize that they're the weird ones yes yeah 
And it seems like, too, like in every episode, they have like people from classic shows like Lucy and Leave it to Beaver or whatever come on mm-hmm. as a guest star. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. Which is wild. Yeah. And what yeah, a great idea. Yeah. Generally, as the character, like, yeah. Gomer Pyle is here. And it's oh, like, oh, wow. yeah. I'm looking at that. What it's... the fuck? Uh, Mooney from Lucy, the Lucy show, was on the first one. June Cleaver from Leave It to Beavers on the second. Um, Alice Cramden is on the third. Like, not Audrey Meadows, but like Alice Cramden is yeah. on the show. And, yeah. and Al I, Lewis is Grandpa Munster. Wow. Jim, what a fun, Gomer Pyle, fun idea. Gomer Pyle's on the fourth episode. Grandpa Munster's on the fifth. I mean, I was, because of Nick at Night, as, as the, I'm growing into that age where I want to stay up late. I'm watching mostly Nickelodeon, Nick at Night stuff, mm-hmm. getting really familiar with these TV classics. I, I really like this show, and it um it would I I just found out it aired on ABC on Friday, and then the next Sunday it would air on TV Land, and then the ABC didn't renew it. Nick at Night, Nick, at, still night Nick did, at Night, yeah, at that sorry. Point. No, it's still Nick at Night now, but it's just yeah, Nick at Night. Nick at Night referred to its world as TV Land, and then spun that off into a channel. That's where I get confused. But then the second season is all Nick, Nick at Night. And uh, so that's where I saw it. I never saw it on TGIF. Man, Sam and I were just talking about how nostalgic we are for Nick at Night and like just missing it. Like, I, where else can we watch the Mary Tyler Moore show or the Munsters? Me TV. Mm. <laughs> There's always Me TV. Okay. You can get that over the antenna um, in most places, but that I should... mean, it's truly, I think, uh, there's. Millennials of a certain age, if you were a person who loved TV like mm-hmm. we did, your late nights were definitely marked by watching Nick at Night. Yeah. Like, I think, mm-hmm. especially if you didn't have premium channels, you weren't trying to find softcore, from like 9 o'clock on. It was, it was like 7 or that 8. That was the only thing to watch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, depending, if you are if you weren't watching like primetime stuff, like mm-hmm. after the evening news – that's the only thing to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and it was I'm, awesome. I'm watching Dobie Gillis. Yeah. And, uh, I, I I was very much that person, and that, and I, I always get obsessed with that. Just as a, a little nerd who loves television, like we were mostly watching stuff, reruns of 1950s and 60s and 70s mm-hmm. stuff anyway. Uh, until I was about a teenager, and people started like cable really started focusing on original programming. But yeah, I'm I'm steeped with like I'm, with Gen X and Boomer nostalgia. Just from being a little dork who watched cable all day, <laughs> um, and I, occasionally I like to go back to it, but um, I find that sometimes I just can't get past the theme song. Like after that, I can kind of tap out. I don't need to watch the whole episode of this, but this this I'm super curious about. I didn't I didn't find any episodes. Oh, look at that! Uh, Dobie Gillis is on the show. It's on Hi Honey, I'm Home as well. I didn't even know that they that these they had classic sitcom characters on because I was just sort of getting to know that. Uh, that world and Nick at Night was on the black and white shows at this point. They hadn't moved into the '70s stuff. Uh, yeah. But this is fascinating. Hi, honey, I'm home. I remember the theme song very, very well. And then moving on into games, we usually don't do this. I just thought it was, for lack of anything else, it was notable. Final Fantasy IV, aka Final Fantasy II, for us becomes the first Final Fantasy for Super Nintendo uh, in the United States. Eventually, not this week. But in Japan, Final Fantasy IV is out and is a great Final Fantasy game. I believe I played the DS remake of. Can't go into it more than that, but we will uh, with the Video Game Apocalypse Boys, patreon.com slash laser time. We have been catching up on that, and you have a a lot of new episodes uh, to enjoy of that show. So look forward to that. Uh, 1991 Music. We got new releases. Above the Law steals my album title, Vocally Pimpin'. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Straight checking them by Compton's Most Wanted. Um, Never heard of them, so that can't be the case. Frequencies, the debut of LFO. What? The Summer Girls guys? We're we're doing it this early? Wow. Releasing up against... Rhyming stuff with Alex P. Keaton right up against Compton's Most Wanted. All right, if you say so. <laughs> uh, play by Squeezes Out and um, Perspex Island by Robin Hitchcock. Um, that's a great name. I don't know who that is, though. Um, oh, yeah. I like Robin Hitchcock. But then number one, fun trivia bit. So Andrew Dice Clay was banned from MTV because he was so sexist and revolting. Mm-hmm. But... He kept no. sneaking back onto the channel because he is sampled in this week's That's... one song. You... Oh! Wait, say the name of the song. It's unbelievable. Oh! oh! I've been waiting to do that the whole time, having no Me idea. Too. That's actually... It's... That's ADC? Yep. <laughs> That's OG Whoa. ADC? I had no idea. Yep. Oh! Wow, wow, wow. So this it. song from England was sucking my dick. Oh! So by the transitive <laughs> property, then, Andrew Dice Clay has done a commercial for crumbled cheese. <laughs> crumbelievable! Oh! <laughs> You're crumbelievable! <laughs> and then I smoke a cigarette with the wrong hand. I'm hilarious. A commercial I wish I could delete from my brain files. Why? <laughs> Why does that still exist inside my brain? It's and, and yet I cannot remember my second grade teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's why. Like. It's because you have finite space and you had to delete some files. Like, yeah. beloved memories of Christmas is now crumbleable. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, at least it's cheese. At least it's cheese. You can be thankful <laughs> for that, I guess. I love cheese. Well, let's go out with some EMF unbelievable, um, as if this is a fucking hockey game. And when we get back, uh, we will jump right into 2001. Stay right there. You're unbelievable. It is summer. The sun's out in full force, which means you and your friends should be out of the pool or the beach when you do venture out. Hopefully, you're not rocking that unsightly body hair or those disgusting post-pandemic toenails. Nothing gives a below-the-belt blow to your confidence more than looking like you're wearing a sweater made of body hair at the pool. Gross! Don't worry, my friends. Our friends at Manscaped have you covered, so you can uncover to beat the heat. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. The performance package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer will change the way you approach your grooming routine. This fourth-generation trimmer features advanced skin-safe technology to reduce grooming nicks and cuts. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags on your boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off. This trimmer is also waterproof so you can trim in the shower and not worry about any cleanup on aisle D. D is in these nuts. <laughs> the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top and your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. <sighs> This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs 
and all the sensitive little nostrils and ears of yours. Oh, little sensitive baby. Mm-mm, little point of. Uh, once you're finished mowing the lawn and trimming back those weeds, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to keep you on your game in the heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. It's also flip-flop season, which means you want your feet and toes to look their best. Enter the Shears 2.0 Nail Grooming Kit. This luxury four-piece nail grooming kit features tempered stainless steel tools and includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Easy for me to say. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. Tain the summer swamp in your pants with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. I have not seen my co-host dance this way in quite a while, but uh, hey, coming, ladies, <laughs> coming in. Yeah, I love we both just naturally do the the one finger naughty school marm at everybody. Like, <laughs> we both started wagging our fingers. No, uh, uh, uh. Uh, my, Your man my, gonna go buck wild. My friend calls that the baby no no. Um, <laughs> you can cradle a baby or not just you gotta wag that finger um, oh, come on. it's one of the best breakup songs ever it really is I love this song yeah. hit him up style parentheses oops oops with an exclamation point by Blue Contrell would we know Blue Contrell from anything else is this it this is our big hit <laughs> yeah. Is it? yeah I remember this uh, welcome to 2001 you can only be 2001 if we're talking about Blue Contrell New releases also include Broken Silence by Foxy Brown, Space Boogie, um, Smoke Odyssey by Corrupt, Song Yet to Be Sung by Perry Farrell, Three Chord Opera by Neil Diamond, Global Go-Go by Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros, and Plan B by Huey Lewis and the News. Uh, you Remind Me by Usher is still number one. Man, that is a odd smattering of the 80s and 2000s. <laughs> Not a lot of news to speak of because there are a ton of fun movies this week. What a grab bag. Yeah. Again, I think we got something for everyone. Yeah. yeah. There's really something. There's a lot of special weirdness in here. Mm-hmm. Starting mm-hmm. with, we just talked about uh, Shaolin Soccer coming out in 2001. We don't get it in the U.S. till 2003. And mm-hmm. we have it again. I seriously wanted to find a way to get this to 2003 because that's when people are going to be like talking about it. In two years, it was about like, oh, it's the anniversary of all this. But it comes out in Japan in 2001, so we're sticking with that. It's the 20th anniversary of Hayao Miyazaki's fucking masterpiece, Spirited Away. I watched it again. It is absolutely phenomenal. One of the best movies ever made. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And I hate Japanese animation. And Mm -hmm. this, I I was like an evangelist for this movie. Like, this is the Mm -hmm. most creative, fascinating thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It's, I watched it for the first time and. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It is both soothing and a fever dream at the same time. Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Plus, some of the greatest food animation oh, I've man. ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, San Francisco wow. did a lot of screenings and food pairings with this film. You have to. Yeah. I was yeah. dying for a dumpling, like, the whole time. <laughs> I was dying for whatever oh. that, that, like, pheasant slash onion thing is that they keep eating. Uh, it looked yeah. delicious. 
Uh, I, I love this movie. Reading about how he he want just literally trying to make a movie for ten year old girls, but not liking the comics they were reading. It was all very romance oriented. And he's like, but he think he said he was spending a a weekend like a he was spending a few weeks with some friends and little girls, and like this isn't what they're into. I've lived in the woods with them. This is what they yeah. they're talking about. Little girls are envisioning when they're in the woods and like uh-huh. making up stories. Um, and yeah, they're it, adventure and. Yeah excitement and weird characters and befriending them and like mm-hmm. i i reread like uh things trying to summarize the story and it was like oh geez yeah yeah it doesn't but make it kind of works on dream logic like it is a very dreamlike movie that just starts out yes. with this girl and her parents end up at what looks like an abandoned amusement park and then they disappear and then there's the spirits things going on and now her parents have been turned into pigs and she has to like work at this bathhouse where monsters come in and it's like yeah it operates on that sort of logic of like i see how you got them but i can't explain it yeah I don't, yes. well it's i don't think it it doesn't have what you would call a super coherent theme or motif because i think miyazaki's process is storyboarding improvisationally as he goes and then the movie oh. gets made out of that um, and, and that's typically how his films work. And that's why they don't feel like other films because they don't reach the same conclusions other films might. And yeah, it's like, there's not, it's not a clear act structure. There isn't, mm-hmm. there are like a series of overall themes, but it's not like it's about the friends we made along the way or anything. It's about self-reliance, yep. I guess is like the best thing I can come up with as a theme of like, I don't want to say be true to yourself, but it's like perseverance, mm-hmm. like you, well, you can get through this. I, yeah, I don't. I'm and also be a it. kind person. Oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. Kindness, I think, is a big theme in the, the whole movie. I say that with a question mark because, it, yeah, it is like very dreamy. And Sam came in at one point. And he was like, wait a minute. So what's going on here? And I was like, I can't even. I'm not even going to try. I don't know. Honestly, she, I'm she just really and, loving it. <laughs> she and the no face guy who keeps eating people are on a train to go meet the twin of the other lady. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now like, the, the water is rising and the train's still going through the water. Yeah, I don't know. I'm honestly, <laughs> I can't even tell you because some characters that looked like something now look like something else. So I yeah. don't know what that exactly means. <laughs> uh, three rolling heads becoming big baby. It, it's, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's this, this movie is literally magical and it's Disney's first truly big collaboration with Studio Ghibli. As in, I think they put up the money, whereas Princess Mononoke was something Miramax helped distribute slash uh, cast badly. <laughs> whereas, like, mm. if you have nothing good to say about John Lasseter, he did a great job shepherding Ghibli movies into the lives of Westerners. He really did. And if you still have that DVD, which I rented from Cap City, he does the introduction. But like, if you like anything we've done at Pixar, we use all this as inspiration. We think you're really going to like this. Um, Yeah, like he had to like kind of take a stance and like, I'm going to introduce this movie to you as this white guy you might know who makes movies you might have heard of to understand why this has the Disney logo on it. And and we didn't cut anything. And we didn't impose any cuts on this thing. That's that's against the rules because uh, they don't like that uh, at Studio yeah. Ghibli. <laughs> Miyazaki will send you a sword. <laughs> that says no cuts. Yeah, nobody gets to do that. And and um, that's cool. it, it, this is coming out in Japan this week, where it will break box office records, including Titanic's, and it that will Whoa. stand until. I believe the movie Your Name from like three years ago, which is excellent if you have not seen it. you would If you like Spirited Away, you'll really like that too. Uh, a girl and a boy switching bodies and somehow it gets way more insane than 
just a fucking 80s movie premise. I watched it a few weeks ago. Can't recommend that movie enough, but we can't talk about it yet. Uh, but Spirit Away is flawless. And it was another... Yeah. I, again, I had a lot of trouble, trouble streaming stuff this week. In, in every segment, HBO Max was kind of there. And that's they had the uh, American rights to uh, Studio Ghibli stuff. So you can see that mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, um, and I've heard... I've never watched it dubbed. I, I always watch everything subbed. But I've heard the dub is very good. Mm. That they worked hard to make like the number of syllables people are saying fit the animation mm-hmm. because that's like one of those things that bugs me so much when you dub something and they say like look over there and then their mouse keep moving for a second mm-hmm. you're like oh come on <laughs> like I've no they've changed it to like look over there we have to see that thing and it's like so it fits I've better. seen the movie I think probably ten times more dubbed than subbed and I enjoyed it every time in. Yeah, keep a lookout for Michael Chiklis as the dad <laughs> in, the be- in the beginning. Yeah, he's, he's the dad in the early on. Um, the commish. The commish, Vic Mackey. Uh, moving on to movies I don't recommend. Uh, sorry, movie I don't recommend. Yeah. Um, Billy Crystal, Joan Cusack, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Julie Roberts, and America's Sweethearts. Her job wasn't perfect. Ow! Please? Sorry. That's not smoke. Could you close that out, please, please, please? Her life wasn't glamorous. Didn't used to be really fat. I could reminisce like this for a second. But on July 20th... Look at you. You look great. The girl you least expected... Wow. ...is causing quite a stir. Maybe you want to take a swing at me, huh? What was that? She was so much more fun than she was fat. America's Sweetheart. <laughs> Opens everywhere July... Uh-huh. Um, uh, the Julia Roberts laugh. Also, Hank Kazaria is in this. Yeah, I could hear yep. him. Yeah, he's doing his like a Latin lover thing. That is, mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of like the character from the Birdcage, except he yes. likes chicks now. Yeah, and Tucci, the Tucci's loose. And uh, written by Billy Crystal, City Slickers, Billy Crystals, and uh, Larry Sanders, Peter Tolan. Oh. Um, but oh my a, god, and Christopher Walken's in this too. Is yep. he? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and Seth Green apparently, and John Cusack. Uh, we already said that, but uh, I wasn't very interested in this movie. It didn't fare well critically. <sighs> uh, it's bad. Yeah, it's it's like not so bad that I would call it a garbage fire, but it's just very not good. Also, huge trigger warning for anyone dealing with any sort of eating disorder situation or weight loss stuff, because there is a lot of really yeah not great talk does not age well about weight and uh, really? how people look and losing weight and yeah, yeah it's not That's, good that seems to be like the whole point of the movie is that like julia roberts used to be fat so it was okay to treat her like crap yeah. But now that she's hot, uh, oh no, that's thrown all of our worlds into a disarray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch how but, mean you are to fat people. They could grow up to be Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so much of that. But the idea is that Catherine Zeta-Jones and John Cusack, yay, reuniting from High Fidelity. Let's all pretend it's a prequel. Um, <laughs> are like a movie star couple that are just American sweethearts and everyone's, but of course they like hate each other and they're going they're breaking up and Julia Roberts is Catherine Zeta-Jones' assistant and she's trying to keep all these crazy Hollywood people together. And then now that she's skinny, she deserves John Cusack's love, I guess. And um, (laughs) I gave it a try. I gave it a try. I ended up giving up. Uh, The only note I wrote down for this movie was that, was it sponsored by Wilson's Leather? Because everybody is wearing a black leather jacket in every scene. <laughs> it is, I started paying attention to that like halfway through. I was like, damn, every scene has a black leather jacket on at least one person. I guess that was the time for that. But 
Yeah. And wait, is Julia Roberts is supposed to be Catherine Zeta Jones's sister too, right? Sister yeah. and assistant? Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do here. love that both times Catherine Zeta Jones has been paired with John Cusack, she has played a different kind of monster. Like <laughs> beautiful monster lady, like just horrible but beautiful. Man, that he's obsessed was... with. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of forgotten on everybody's filmographies when you think it's mm-hmm. kind of a Billy Crystal movie in the end. I mean, kind Hello. of. Because he co-wrote it mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, no one remembers this as a Julie Roberts movie. No one remembers this. Just Yeah, skip. Better things to talk about. Yeah, apparently. Uh, the the one I had a hard time streaming, I had to go out to Cap City just to get. Uh, but did car- you finally watch this? <sighs> What? Uh, I, I have it. I, I just couldn't get around to it. I tried to watch everything this week, and uh, this was the hardest one to obtain. Rob Campbell, Michael Pitt, Andrea Martin, uh, Stephen Trask, Miriam Shore, and John Cameron Mitchell uh, doing a lot of the lifting here. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not. Ow! Hedwig! Don't you know me, Kansas City? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try and turn me down. How did some slip of a girly boy become the internationally ignored song stylist barely standing before you? Damn, I can't believe you're not a girl. Looks like we got some sugar daddies in the house. You could give me a cavity, honey. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I promise I'll watch it before I bring it back because I fucking paid for it. With a, with a great Criterion DVD, um, but not streaming anywhere. Um, yeah, but what? No, rentable, you could, you could but it's rentable, yeah. but yeah, it was sort of a bummer. Uh, on the 20th anniversary, because this, this, like, I felt like it crossed over the mainstream. Everybody was talking about this, yeah. Uh, uh, the cool ago. kids were the cool kids were the this was actually a failure at the box office. I thought it, really? it made its money back, but this, I, I did a little fudging with some dates. This is its limited release because it releases wide September 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. In 2001, people were not really going to the movies, so that hurt it a lot, Um, even though it was like a big hit at festivals and everything, because it's really fun, because it's a musical, it's an adaptation of a stage show about a person of indeterminate gender Mm -hmm. who is, uh, and and their story, which is complicated, Uh, he's a gay kid in East Germany, gets a sex change operation to marry a guy to come to the U.S. who then leaves him. Also, the surgery was not successful, so doesn't have a lot going on either way. Mm-hmm. And becomes a... I mean, she's not a drag queen, so I don't know what to well. call... But yeah, pers- femme-presenting person, musical star, who then like with, meets this kid. With and, the hair from the mom from Squidbillies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of fair faucet sort of hair, mm-hmm. who then gets in a relationship with this kid played by Michael Pitt, which is like the first place I saw him mm-hmm. from um, Funny Games, uh, Boardwalk Empire. The and he he takes all her material and becomes a big music star. And it's all about her following him around, putting on shows in parallel, like next door to his stadium shows. She's putting on these little shows at seafood restaurants <laughs> and, and like and her band she's married to this guy named Yitzhak who she treats like crap but Yitzhak really wants to play a woman's role in Rent that's like his obsession and 
I, I don't know what I'm doing with pronouns right now because like no one is very specific. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm sorry if I'm getting things wrong. John Cameron Mitchell has actually said, like, no, Hedwig is not a trans woman. She's just something else entirely. Yeah, yeah she's, they're genderqueer. Yeah. It's just an entirely different thing. I think this is probably many people's first introduction to the idea of genderqueer, if not, you know, the trans community, trans identity what that means, how it's more complicated than a binary of one thing to another thing or back. Right. You know, it's it's so much more complicated that for that than that for some people, not for everyone, mm-hmm. but for some people. And so I love, love, love this movie. Love the music. Wow. The oh, music some of the songs. Just, the origin are... of love is oh. I think that's the moment where this movie sold me. So me I was too. watching it and I'm like, it's funny, it's interesting, you know, uh just like any any story about like lover, lovable losers, a band of lovable losers trying mm-hmm. to succeed with their dream. It's like okay, <laughs> human <laughs> Muppets. Yeah, exactly, human <laughs> Muppets. And then the the song "Origin of Love" is just like halfway through it. All of a sudden, it was just like, oh my god, this is the best movie ever. Like this is amazing. Yeah, it really gets its claws into you too because mm-hmm. you watch this movie and. You know, you experience the themes. It's visually very interesting to look at. The costumes, the everything of it all. Is Animated just, sequences. Just, yeah. Sure, whatever. It's very over the top. But then after you watch it, you find yourself returning to some of the imagery over and over again. And some of the, even the little pieces of melodies from different songs come back to you like over and over again. Like it really stuck in my craw in the best way. Like, mm-hmm. It's just such a beautiful and often at times very painful story to watch. I mean, there is a yeah. lot of heartbreak. There's a lot of sadness in this in this whole story. It's just gorgeous. Like I just absolutely love this movie and I it's a very important part of the queer canon. And yep. it's just I really love John Cameron Mitchell. He, he's like Whenever I see him pop up in something, I'm always excited. He's so good in Shrill. That's like the most recent <laughs> thing that I've been seeing him in. Um, playing, I'm pretty sure, like a very, very loosely veiled interpretation of Dan Savage, right? We <laughs> can all agree he's supposed to be Dan Savage on Shrill. Anyways. Okay. His background, I did not know about John Cameron Mitchell's background at all. Because, I mean, like he he co-wrote this. He, he played the main character. And then they staged it off Broadway and all this stuff. And he... Like Michael Pitt's character is actually more based on him than anyone mm. else in that he was an army brat. His dad was a fucking general who was in charge of West Berlin in the 80s. Wow. What? Uh, I like to think of, yeah, Major General Mitchell being like, hey, everyone, I want you to see my son's movie. He made a great movie. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> what the hell? Uh. Son, why are you wearing that wig? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, I mean, it's all about being a misfit and discovering your tribe is a big part of it which is like that always that's always going to speak to me as a misfit i mean his, his wiki describes him as a radical fairy <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is which is a, a you can click on it and see a group of people who just don't associate yeah. with any sexuality or gender just queer weirdness it, like that's what we specialize in love it yeah mm. and i mean there's so few things to compare it to except rocky horror picture show mm. Yeah, there's a a lot yeah. of similarities in the idea of like well, people. Pe- it was being brought uh, up in the same sentence with Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, when it came out. And I, I can see that. I mean, that they're both sort of about like fuck labels, fuck being stuck in a box, just mm-hmm. be yourself, and you know, 
that's the first step to finding happiness, to finding someone who you want someone who understands you for the real you. Mm -hmm. So you got to be your real self. Mm -hmm. Don't dream it. Be it. Yeah. It's it's very, oh, it's just so beautiful. Um, I also did not realize Miriam Shore is one of the main um, characters on the TV series Younger on TV Land, which, by the way, is fantastic. She's mm. Very, very cool. I did not realize how cool she was. the first time I've heard a lot of those words, but I believe you. Hmm. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, here's what, again, the gender confusion gets weird because she plays Yitzhak, who is a cis man, but maybe isn't really inside. So, yeah, it's, yeah, the whole point is gender is weird and who cares to just dress up as pretty as you want or don't want. Sing a whole bunch of really good songs. Uh, I still haven't seen it on stage, even though, like, it's come through a couple times. Uh, I know um oh there was a broadway version a couple years ago that was supposed to be very good that mm -hmm. a bunch of good people came through including tay diggs i heard tay mm -hmm. diggs was really good mm. in the lead and neil patrick harris and michael c hall and those people i'm like well yeah i could see you doing this any of those people would be amazing they all the soundtrack is so great and i also own a soundtrack in 2003 there was a album that was released that were song covers of oh. the songs uh with Yoko Ono and Cindy Lauper and oh my gosh, what is the band? I think the Polyphonic Spree did um, Wig in a Box because that's Ooh. the one that always like comes up for me a lot. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <sighs> that's it's a go to for me when I do karaoke because it's a good sing along song. That's yeah. how I know it. Mm -hmm. You and Michael are always doing songs from Hedwig. Yeah, because it's fun. And I mean, as much as like this sounds like, oh, this is too much queer weirdness. It's also it's kind of spinal tapping that it's a lot of it's about a failed band. And Andrea Martin as their manager is oh, freaking hilarious. Love her so much. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. I'm bummed that I think it's a deleted scene. We find out that she has a cell phone implanted in her head, <laughs> <laughs> and to make a call, she's like stick her tongue out, but it has to be a very certain way. So she's just walking around going, "Hello, hello." hello. That's so funny. Yeah, she's so. I love her and everything. So yes, Hedwig. If you have not seen it. Even if you're a boring straight guy like Chris, doesn't know how to walk in heels. He's trying to watch the dinosaur movie. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's just fun. It's, I mean, it's just, it's like a favorite kind of movie where you feel like maybe you learned something. They sneak it in on you. You know, it's like vegetables covered in cheese whiz, where it's like, you don't know, realize you're eating vegetables. Like I learned something, but mostly I was just having fun and watching music. Yeah. Yay. Also, and it's also my favorite kind of movie, which is a queer musical. Yeah, that's all you got to do. You just have to be a queer. The, musical the, and the story be my of my favorite kind of movie. The story of the kind of person that may not get another movie for ten fucking years. So like, it's mm, it's mm -hmm. worth tracking down for that reason. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah, it's just fun. This was fun. Yeah, I, I will watch it tonight. I, I, I it. This has always been in my backlog and was very difficult to see as a boy growing up in Tallahassee, Florida. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, um, I can believe that. Yeah. yeah. No, Hedwig and the Angry Ranch. I like. I try to think of movies that are like it. Mm -hmm. Whenever we have something like this, because there aren't a lot, except Rocky yeah. Horror and maybe Velvet Goldmine. I feel like Vel this and Velvet Goldmine would be an awesome double feature. Mm. Just just the costumes alone will make you like mm. start ripping apart your stuff and sewing it together in weird ways. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, uh, but that wasn't number one at the box office in America no, this week. No, it's never well, going um, to be. Come on. I know. Uh, Trevor Morgan, uh, Alessandro Nivola. It's, it's not going to sound familiar for a little while. Uh, Michael Jeter. Tay Leone, William H. Macy, Sam Neill. You guys got it yet? It is uh, Jurassic Park 3. On this remote island, they have come to rescue their son. Ben! What was that? 
now they will discover it will take all their courage we're not leaving without our son just to survive jurassic park three mom I don't know why I don't know why it was so important to me, but like, yeah, they really held out on the pterodactyls until this film. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you don't even see them for the most part in Jurassic Park until the third film. And uh, yeah, I like going on a limb for this uh, Joe Johnston film. Who's going to have another film. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Yeah, that's the same yeah. guy. Um, yeah, we got Joe Joe Johnston and the same cinematographer, Shelley Johnson. Um, but not the one from Twin Peaks. It's this, a guy. This is the second best <laughs> Jurassic Park movie, I think. What? Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. What? Over what? Jurassic World Dominion? What, what are you going to go to bat for here? I don't uh, know. They're, they're... Anything with Ian Malcolm, but... Like, None of them ooh, are very good. I could and, not make it through like. Oh really? Movie. It was. What? Yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's a well done B monster movie. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Okay. Because at some point I turned to Sam. I was like, I feel like this is from the Sci Fi Channel. Like, yeah. If, I, I think is... if you're if you're in here for like the the majesty of the original Jurassic Park, they're never going to be able to recreate that. Even Jurassic World doesn't do that. Sure, but uh, the acting is also very bad. <sighs> Come on. From whom? You better not be saying something about William H. Macy. Uh-oh. It was fighting words. Uh-oh. He's nominated for an Emmy. You can't do that. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not good. I got a dino with a cock in her ass. Uh, no, he never <laughs> says that. But uh, <laughs> Well, how, I mean, is it bad acting or is it great acting because his character's lying for so much of the time? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Fair. And, and the Lost Fair. World, the Look, Lost World will, is trash. It is one of the worst anything. movies ever made. Dude, Lost World is stupid. Yeah, it's not say anything against WHM anymore, but the rest of them have to answer to for this. Like uh, Mr. Green Jeans, Uh, I love Michael Jeter playing like a mercenary. Uh, (laughs) Weird, very weird casting. It's so great. No, I, I like this one. I mean. Yeah, it's it's a little closer to let's do the first one again, but in a different way, mm-hmm. which is a better. I mean, I just the second one is just a mess. It's just all over the place, and and this way one at least... too confident in its use of CG, like yeah. holding on dinosaurs, full body dinosaurs in CG that look fucking terrible. And this and this has wow. Okay, the practical effects are astonishing, uh, yeah. and and the CG is as good as the first movie. Um, yeah. It doesn't have the characters. It doesn't have the premise. It's it's a much <laughs> smaller film in every respect. Yeah, but, uh, it's it's rescue mission. Mm. It's not like a big fancy thing. I mean, Jurassic Park two, except for Pete Postlethwaite's character, I think that movie is gobbledygook. <laughs> um, he's rad, and I wanted him to just have his own movie. This one, it's just yeah, all right. Well, these folks got stranded on this on another Jurassic Park island and we're gonna go try and get them quick and quiet oh we're super unqualified for that oh no we're being <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh we're loud and slow oh very yes. loud oh the people th- keep telling us the expert keeps saying shut the fuck up because there are dinosaurs <laughs> here I'm gonna keep screaming into a bullhorn why did we <laughs> why did we get the plane that made noise <laughs> oh. Also, the plane that's made of cardboard. Like, the thing just falls apart. Like, oh, ugh. I love the way it just gets jettisoned to that tree. I think it's great. Yeah, just just because again, it's a return to the practical. Like that's all that shit is like non CG. It's fun to watch. I, I, yeah. I've seen this a couple times. I know it's not great, but I always have a great time with it. As opposed to the previous one, and I had a great time watching World in theaters, but I've never 
ever been able to recreate that in my home. I've never been able to get through that movie, another mm. viewing of that film. And I cannot wait for that trilogy to close out. But the original Spielberg trilogy is essentially closed out with this film, and it's fine. Yeah, it, I it's it was fun. Okay. It's not, yeah, like I said, it's not great. It's fine. I mean, one of the problems is, like, they, they had many scripts, and they tried to fold the scripts together, and they ended up filming, and they weren't really done mm, wow. figuring those scripts out. They kind of had to do it on the fly, <laughs> and all considering they, they did a pretty good job, but I think it was apparently very frustrating for everyone involved. It was just really stressful. Like, it takes a long time. Like, we can film a quarter of a page a day slow with all this effect stuff and just, yeah, it just wore on everybody. But right. yeah, overall, yeah, the, the pterodon seems pretty rad. And I, I weirdly admire <laughs> not getting the whole cast back together and like respecting even the shittiness of the, of the story. This isn't Jurassic Park. This is yeah. not the park at all. Like Jurassic World goes back to Jurassic Park. This is not Jurassic Park. It is the <laughs> a neighboring island. And I don't know, I respect it for some reason. Uh, mm -hmm. it's difficult. I don't want to die on this hill, but, uh, I've always had fun watching this film. I always felt it was very well done. Maybe that's more to Joe Johnson's credit than the script or the acting, but, um, yeah. I, I couldn't figure out why they had to bring Laura Dern back in the beginning. Uh, like, leave her alone. She doesn't need to be part of this. I like, I like that they always show like what Grant and, and Laura Dern's relationship is throughout the series, even though they're not together after the first movie, they always kind of revisit one another. And they, I think they're all going to be in the, the, Upcoming movie. All all the surviving adult casts will be together. Yeah. Again. Actually, I think the reason Laura Dern is here is because it's co-written by Alexander Payne. Wow. Oh. Is it really? And he made Citizen Ruth with her. And so he could be like, hey, can, can we have you in for like two days of work? And she's like, yeah, okay, I'm yeah. Laura Dern and I'm cool. Well, you give yeah, me a hotter. All you gotta do is hold a baby. Give me a hotter uh, romance lead. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no hurry for anything else because there's literally nothing on television this week. That seems insane. Just uh, maybe an episode this of 16 under here and there, but that's about it. That's all you have to look forward to. Video games of 2001, uh, July 16th to 22nd. Look at that. You got a Jurassic Park 3 game right there for you. The DNA factor for the Game Boy Advance and City Crisis. And again, I hate talking about the releases that aren't occurring in the country I'm from only because it confuses things, not because we're the lead, blah, blah, blah. But I just thought it was interesting. There's a Final Fantasy game in the previous decade and this decade, but both in Japan only. But Final yeah. Fantasy X arrives in Japan, and, and that is known as my first Final Fantasy. Weird. And <laughs> there have been five since. <laughs> they really slowed down. <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's, let's go out of 2001 with a little Hedwig, shall we? You're not going to make me yep. pick the song. I figured I'd let Sarah pick Origin of Love, Wig in a Box, Midnight Radio. Who are you feeling? I just love Origin of Love so much. If it wasn't so long, it would be a great wedding dance song. No one needs to be out there for that long, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's close out with Origin of Love. Um, when we get back, we got to talk about 2011 uh, and America's Ass, so stay right there. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? 
then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Yeah. Olestra. We were just having that conversation because my girl is a little younger. She's like, you ever hear about Olestra and anal leak? She's like, yes. But it's not exactly. Yeah, we lived through the nineties. Yeah, it's not exactly yeah. what you think, because like whatever sugar and fat substitute is and everything else does the exact same thing. Just like mm-hmm. Michael said, people weren't conditioned to like. No, this didn't mean to go hog wild in your stupid oboises or whatever. Yeah. Let me pop open a Crystal Pepsi and tell you about the nineties. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's sort of like you know prunes are unpopular because everybody thinks like, oh, you bite into a prune, you'll get instant explosive diarrhea. I wish that was the case. It's just just fiber, man. I wish that was the case. That, to me, is still a good bowel movement. Instant diarrhea. It's whatever gets it out for the day. Uh, But yeah, whatever else, because remember, like, a couple years ago, like, man, have you guys seen what happens if you eat a a pound of these fat-free gummy bears? You totally shit yourself. I'm like, yes. Yes, you, you just eat a pound. Of gummy yeah, bears. it's yeah. like yes, that, this will absolutely happen if you eat a pound of mostly anything. Yeah, I don't want to wish that on anyone, but you eat, deserve eat a, it. Eat a, eat a pound of crab. Watch what happens to your asshole. It'll be astonishing. We'll all back up and line up around you like it's fireworks. It'll be great. Yeah, the crab will just become reconstituted <laughs> and, and your your ass, and then just will will snip at you. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash LaserTime. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we go even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of july 16th through 22nd i feel like uh i made hedwig and the angry it sound like gobbledygook trying to explain the plot so uh now that i know there's a criterion edition guess what it's in classic corner now too so just deal with it and go watch it damn it also this week uh 40 years ago we saw the release of arthur the original one which we talked about the remake well, like a month or two ago, uh, which is like so identical that it made me kind of freak out because like, does that make it a good movie or not? I don't know. But the original Dudley Moore, Liza Minnelli, John Gilgood, and it's charming. And the dialogue, it has some of the fastest, silliest dialogue. Just really, really fun. And then 50 years ago this week in 1971, saw the release of one of the most controversial movies ever made. Ken Russell's The Devils, starring Oliver Reed and Vanessa Redgrave, which... I'd heard about a whole bunch, you know, in film history and all that. And I finally watched it and it was like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, no, I understand why the Catholic Church singled it out for condemnation. And it was banned in many, many countries because it takes place in 1630s France. And it's about, like, this nun who is super horny for Oliver Reed, who's a priest. And then she starts, like, saying that he's possessed her with the devil and then, like, they have like a big mass exorcism because like all the other nuns start acting crazy too. And it's just really sexually explicit and combining religion and violence, a lot of horrible violence and sex in really disturbing ways. And I watched the American cut, which is like 20 minutes shorter and doesn't have the scene where all the nuns like sexually assault a statue. Jesus. So (laughs) yeah. Um, You're very interesting uh controversial i mean i ended up like liking it i thought it was very interesting but 
your mileage may vary. But I do encourage you to get into Ken Russell because there's no other filmmaker quite like him except maybe Fellini or maybe Terry Gilliam, I guess. Like, he's a very distinctive filmmaker. Most people probably know him for Altered States or Tommy, the Who's Tommy. So Arthur the Devils, I guess, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Why not? I'm sorry I didn't describe it as well as I could. That's it for this week. Stay classic. Oh, welcome to 2011 with LMFAO's Party Rock Anthem, and it really became exactly that, annoyingly so. This is one of the first songs to make me feel real old, like, really playing this again? Like, I don't, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it to the morning light. I'm just not. I, I'm going to get a cab. <laughs> not to be a bummer, but it really reminds me of a way more carefree time in America. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the type of pop music we were into during this time period. Because everyone felt pretty good about stuff, yeah. generally. Let's, yeah, let's... I can't believe how many messages I got a couple months ago when this came out as a single. And people were like, it's the anniversary, why aren't you covering it? It's like, because it's... Because I don't want to. Because <laughs> it's, it's going to be number one. So and like for a while. So I'm just going to wait. Jesus, calm down. This is also like the group where it is a uncle and nephew, right? But is it really? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Not not since boys to men, I guess. But <laughs> an uncle and a nephew. What are the, do you think the dad feels left out or resentful? I like partying too, oh. fellas. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, your dad was quite the partier. Back in the day, and I don't know why I was left out of that video. <laughs> yes, the uncle Red Foo and nephew Sky Blue. Weird. Yeah. Holy shit, they, that's nice. the first time I've heard their names. Sky Foo? Yeah, I knew Red Foo. Yeah. I didn't know about Sky Blue. Yeah, okay, their very sorry. first single was called I'm, My- I'm in Miami, bitch. So, as Floridians, wow. you better enjoy it. I guess so. Ugh. Yeah, welcome to 2011 with other new releases that include uh, Universal Pulse by 311, which it's the government. The government should investigate. Um, in the Mountain of the Cloud by the Portugal, the man. Join us by They Might Be Giants. Uh, LP1 by Joss Stone. And Ritual Union by Little Dragon. Don't know that band. I can only imagine. Um, 2011. <laughs> the final space shuttle mission lands. Man, I remember that was like... That was... Yeah, that was very much talked about. And as someone who grew up eating his food off of space placemats, it was just kind of like... I'm not sure how we still justify doing this right now. There's a lot of people hungry. and we're, we're Yeah, throwing... let's just let billionaires waste their money on it instead. Yeah, we're throwing trash in space. It doesn't really make that much sense. And because, yeah, what it, the, cold, the cold reality is the cold reality. There's nothing in space for us. We're stuck here. Let's space make it work. sucks. Let's make it work. Not huh. in space. I, I am. I am <laughs> but I, I was way more into it when I'm reading Bray Bat Rad Prairie and there's like 16 different types of aliens on Mars and Venus which we know now it's just inhospitable. <laughs> uh, yes, and incompatible with human life. All right, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, as if we didn't have enough horror and bloodshed talking about Jeffrey Dahmer, mm. I'm going to talk about another uh, piece of shit who like killing people. Um, I'm not even going to say his name because people like have decided to, you know, people on the extreme far right have decided to honor this guy as being like a great guy. Say. And he isn't, piece of shit yeah he placed a bomb targeting 
government buildings in central Oslo, Norway, blew them up, killing eight. But that was just a distraction for him to take a ferry to a summer camp on Utoya Island. And he just starts killing everybody. And he kills 69 teenagers. Not nice. Hmm. And injures hundreds more. And he did it all to stop immigration and cultural Marxism. What does that mean? That means liberals and Jews. Yes, cultural Marxism. Just such a silly fucking term. Yeah, when you if you hear things like cultural Marxism or globalism, yeah. you're going to find someone who says the Jews yes. are behind it. Mm-hmm. And believe me, we are not that organized. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> and it's like saying spiritually Antifa. It just doesn't make. Just these are just things that you hate. <laughs> it, it it's so dumb. Yeah. So yeah, the Utoya massacre ten years ago this week, and God, uh, damn it, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. Because, you know, no, nothing makes people, like, want to learn more about your point of view and agree with you than, like, killing a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, yeah. indiscriminately. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, going Jason Voorhees and killing teenagers at a summer camp. Everyone's going to go, well, let's hear what he has to say. Uh, well, maybe he's got some good points. I'm just, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Teenagers are scary. This, they are. This yeah, piece, that's true. This piece of news with LMFAO, it is a very interesting dichotomy because 10 years ago is, is when... Like when we go through 30, 2010, like some weird shit will happen in like the late 80s, early 90s. And then the rest of our, our times, the massacres are running low. <laughs> and mm. then 10, 10 years ago, now we have political murders happening in the Western world in a way we haven't seen in like 30 fucking years when party rock anthem is number one. And here we yeah. are in 2021. And I just don't know. Man, I thought we were getting better. I grew up with 20 years, like thinking the whole world was getting better. Oh, sorry, that's neither here no. nor there. Personally, that's I think probably... we are getting better, mm-hmm. and that's why we're having these little backlashes to things. Yeah, I just don't. I don't understand how these people think their their lives are getting worse as a result of everyone else's getting better. Like it just doesn't mm-hmm. really make any sense. Because as far as I can see, prosperity is very much spreading to everyone, uh, in addition to equality for everyone else. Holy fuck! A rising uh, tide lifts all boats. It it's not hard to see. Like that is just. True. It's not difficult to see. It's not even difficult to see. No one in the BLM movement has their own country club, and you still do. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Cultural Marxism. Suck my dick. Ugh. And yeah. But in a way you hate, not in a way you like. Those are the people I support who like sucking. Um, Yeah. Anybody. Yes, the joyful (laughs) cocksucker. (laughs) Sarah's like. (laughs) We should just rename the show to that. (laughs) I can change. That's my my fantasy baseball team. (laughs) (laughs) That should be our trivia league. We start going out again. <laughs> oh man, cut all this out. <laughs> no, I disagree. Whatever. Hard pivot into 2011 movies. Friends with men. Speaking of, out. <laughs> joyful <laughs> cock sucking. I, ge- I guess. Uh, Sean White, Woody Harrelson, Richard Jenkins, Brian Greenberg, Jenna Elfman, Patricia Clarkson, uh, Mila Kunis, and Justin Timberlake. Uh, friends with benefits. It's not you. It's me. I don't like you anymore. You have like really big eyes, and that freaks me out. Thank you. Two friends. I'm emotionally unavailable. I'm emotionally damaged. I haven't seen you at the meetings. We'll do the expected. No emotions, just sex. Why can't they figure this out? Oh, oh there it goes. Swear. In the summer's most unexpected comedy. You guys going out now? It's just sex. That never works. From the director of Easy A. Are we getting too old for this? Is it your special time? They have an app for that. Wait. 
Nope, good to go. Friends with benefits. Wait long. Okay, first of all, this is actually a very expected comedy because we've already seen this comedy. Right. I remember lamenting. What was the other one? No strings attached. No No strings strings attached. attached. This is a real impacto profundo situation. (laughs) Yeah. And and again, Mm. very irritating for me personally. Well, I actually kind of have to go to bat for this movie. Is it a better film at least than this? It is a far superior film. Yeah, I. Yes, it's superior. And I went to bat for No Strings Attached. I actually found it pretty good. And it, it my, I mean, my expectations were real low. So mm-hmm. it wasn't too hard to do better than them. But I, I ended up like there were some solid laughs. I had a good time. Yeah, I think this one ends up being better. I mean, it makes sense. It's the same director as Easy A. Yeah, a much better it film. It makes sense, honestly. Like, I, I put this on. I remember watching it when it came out. Didn't remember that much about it because, again, I was mixing it up with no strings attached. Also Ashton Kutcher in the first one and Mila Kunis in the second one. And then now they're married. So that's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. This movie actually has some really good laughs. Woody Harrelson is so fun in it. <laughs> I mean, Richard Jenkins is also very fun, but as much as I hate to admit it, hmm. Justin Timberlake does a pretty good job. <laughs> 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 but honestly, I feel like he and Mila Kunis have really good chemistry. It's a very sexy comedy. Like yeah. okay. their love scenes, their hooking up scenes are hot. Like it is it is a very sexy comedy. They actually seem like they like each other, unlike the no strings attached situation, which did not have the same chemistry. But yeah, well, I gotta go to bat for this one. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I feel like this just the the setup of this one I followed a little better than No Strings Attached. Because No Strings Attached, like, no, it makes perfect sense for Natalie Portman, who's like like a, a med school resident or whatever she works ridiculous long hours she does not have time for a relationship and so it's like this fully makes sense just on a practical level like uh don't be sad that you're not in a relationship this makes sense on a practical level and this one is more about their like own problems Mm -hmm. going a lot of it like coming from their families and stuff but there's not like one thing that's wrong and then they fix it and everything's done now they're gonna be great girlfriends with everybody Right. right You know, they just, it really is their friends first. And then. Which I hate and think is dumb. And statistically, everyone who's friends first before their relationship, their relationship is better. So, yes, obviously. Of course. It just doesn't seem like, what a silly scenario. I'm like, you you should be count yourself lucky if this is your scenario. This is most people's scenario. Who, yes. I, I, I've, I've had one situation in my life where I've had casual sex with somebody I hated. She was a Trump supporter, <laughs> and it's yeah, like that's, that's the that's the oddball out. Everyone else you have a relationship with, you have to sort of like as a friend to begin with. Like, what the fuck? Mm, what is with these exactly. movies? I don't. I, yeah. don't, I, I had yeah. no interest in seeing them as a result of feeling this way about them. Yeah, but it's about them being friends first and not having expectations on the relationship because it's not a romantic relationship. And that makes more sense for that to grow into a romantic relationship. And also it gives like a good example of having a good relationship through communication. It was mm-hmm. like, that was like the number one thing is the fact that they're like- Oh, it starts with like know, heavy communication? It starts with the heavy communication. Mm-hmm. We're like, they're in bed and they're literally telling each other, no, kiss my neck. No, do this. No, do that. It's like, <laughs> I don't like that. That's, that's not something that people tend to do where they're like swept yeah. away with romance. It's like, no, but that you, you get better sex. That, that is such mm-hmm. a good point. That is such a good point. And even pick up Thank on you. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because yeah. I know from you guys, you guys were both friends with your significant other before long term yeah. relationship. And that's true. And, uh, and I wasn't, and I'm not the smart one here. And- <laughs> also true. But yeah, it, I also really like that both of the characters, like, you know, their reasoning is that 
for not wanting to get in a relationship is that they have this baggage and they have this emotional stuff that personally they have to work out for themselves before they get in a relationship. And hey, that's not very realistic. I mean, part of finding a good partner is someone who can help you with your baggage, help mm-hmm. carry that baggage for you. But I also really appreciated that a lot of times when you see the archetype of a type of person who's like, oh, I'm so damaged or you don't want to be with me. I'm too fucked up. It's like their damage is like their parents got divorced when they were like 14. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, a lot of people's parents do that. But the two main characters here actually do have some like very heavy stuff that they had to deal with. And I, I find their trauma was more realistic i feel like yeah you know yeah it's like okay mila kunis is very like type a go-getter type she's got lots of expectations of what she wants to do and she's very organized and then like you meet her mom patricia clarkson who's like an old hippie it's the same characters on six feet under mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it's like oh i get it because yeah. her mom was never really there so yeah. she was doing it all for herself and she knew not to rely on her mom and so that would explain a lot of this but then that problem isn't like fixed magically she doesn't have a heart to heart with her mom and they cry and they hug and then a song plays right so yeah i i appreciated that so this is this is a good good movie yeah yeah i'm hearing yeah the only the only thing i have to say that about this movie that does not age well is the use of flash mobs (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that was my big complaint is that I mean, this both movies <laughs> take shots at what romantic comedies do and mm-hmm. like put a lampshade on tropes and then do the trope. And they're like, ha ha, it's funny. We're making fun of this trope. This is the one that has the grand romantic gesture and it's a flash mob. And I was like, okay, if you had taken that out, I would have been much better with it this It made movie. so much I sense before January 6th. Them. Yes. No, <laughs> no flash mobs. Do not, do not do flash mobs for people. No. Just don't do flash mobs. Uh. Yeah. I, uh, but New York looked really good. I like that, too. It was a very nice shot on location movie. movie. I just have to say, too, like, the flash mob where there's a flash mob going on around them that obviously they one person planned for the other person and then while the flash mob is happening the two characters are talking and they're like really like committing to each other and like laying out their feelings and i have to say if i was one of those dancers in the flash mob i'd be like guys hello hello flash mob over here hired us to do this like jazz hands come on you missed the big number oh man we're not gonna be able to do that again yeah Like we so rehearsed we talking for right after. after. Uh, we worked really hard on that. How was Sean? How, how was the flying tomato in the movie? Sean White's his cinematic oh, he's debut. Oh, funny. Okay. Oh, he's good. He's is very this, funny. I'm, I'm guessing he's time? playing himself. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this the first time we really see that? You know, because we with Trainwreck we have LeBron. Hmm. And is somebody in the movie playing a sports marketer? That's my favorite movie career. No, sports thankfully no. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, they're just friends. Um, but yeah, I feel like mm. this might have set off. I, I feel like there's another example of a sports uh, I got, person. I got an earlier one, uh, oh. Lance Armstrong and Dodgeball. Oh, oh okay. About that. Which, he's very funny. Yeah. Also, hey. I, I watched Tour de Pharmacy on HBO like Fuck. twice in the last couple of weeks. It's so oh, good. So good. <laughs> it's John Cena it's so holding a naked man over his head is what... <laughs> I'm surprised I wasn't banned from social media. Like, I got a great gif of it. So. Awesome. John F- Cena is also really funny in... Trainwreck. Sisters? Oh, yes, in Sisters. Drug dealer? Yes, mm-hmm. and also train, train Trainwreck. Trainwreck, yeah. Trainwreck, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, Friends with Benefits, like, I end up I end up liking both of the, the Fuck Buddies movies, but yeah, I think this is the better one overall. Very charmed. I'm very charmed by this movie. Yep, and I was ready to not be. Me too. 
I was ready to be like, all right, let's get this done. I am colorfully surprised. I'm no great fan of Justin Timberlake, and I, damn it. Even Mm. when he sings Chris Cross? Even. Why don't we call it The Friends with Benefits? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's cooler than one. A billion. What's cooler than one benefit? A billion. All the benefits. All the benefits. Uh, that, you can just see poor Milakunis looking like a cat in headlights. Oh, I have to do all the benefits. All Ugh. the benefits. All the, oh boy. <sighs> I guess I can get used to the taste of my own butt. Moving on. Uh, moving on to a movie. Man, I am so feel so weird about this film. Uh, Toby Jones, Kenneth Choi, uh, Derek Luke, Neil McDonough, Dominic Cooper, Sebastian Stan, Stanley Tucci, Haley Atwell, Hugo Weaving, Tommy Lee Jones, Chris Evans, and number one in the box office this week, Captain America, the first Avenger. Our goal is to create a new breed of super soldier. Are you ready? Is it too late to go to the bathroom? How do you feel? Tara, on July 22nd, you can discover... What do you think? I think it works. The Hero Within. What made you so special? Nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Captain America. You gotta use that thing. This film is not yet ready to start. Yeah, I watched this again, and I haven't seen it in a while. I've only seen a handful of times, and it's still... Mm-hmm. Feel, I watched this in the theater day one, obviously, because I'm a big Marvel, big Captain America fan. And now I can finally say, after viewing this, like, Chris Evans is fucking magic. I fucking love that <laughs> dude. Um, yep. I want to see him in more stuff right now. And I think the only thing he's done outside the MCU is, like, on Apple TV, so I'm screwed. Knives but, Out. I, oh, I love Knives Out so much. We talked about this when we talked about The Rocketeer. Joe Johnston, Jurassic Park 3 fame, is, is basically hired to make this because... Kevin Feige and co wanted this to look like the Rocketeer and it does. And, but it also feels to me a lot like the Rocketeer. Like this is so elegantly well done and just, I don't quite love it. And whenever I, whenever I see it, it's like this film would work just as well if it came out afterwards in that, like it's non-essential viewing. Uh Um, It it tells Mm. the story of Captain America's origins, basically gets rid of his greatest enemy ever. And, uh, I think my favorite part of it is it has the most impactful mid credit sequence in Marvel history because the moment you see Captain if which isn't fair I think they had to release it online after a while because it's not fair to the people with small platters the next time you see Captain America he's in the present whereas mm-hmm. This is his World War II movie, and if you remember, the mid-credit sequence is him waking up and like running through Times Square. Uh, and uh-huh. yeah, and like this, the seriously, the next time he appears in a film, he's in the present day. And if you'd missed the sequence, like how did this dude from the '40s get here? And like involves ice. Um, don't worry about it too hard um, because it's still yeah. Man, it they, wasn't. I don't know about your version. It wasn't. It was the last scene for me, and mm-hmm. the mid-credits was the scene from the Avengers of him getting recruited by Nick Fury. Yes. Right. But he's, but it's after he runs out of the cryostasis through Times Square, looking at everything new. Um, I believe that was directed by Joss Whedon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, but, um, but the, the rest of the movie is like a fun period piece. And I was shocked how fucking great it all still looks. Yeah. It's, Oh yeah. I was, I was just shocked because this is the one that was going to be the hardest sell for me. I think, well... I thought Thor. I think think Thor... No, I take that back. This is the second hardest Mm -hmm. sell. Because Thor, I didn't know anything about, except that it looked really cheesy. The Mm -hmm. the comic. Iron Man, I knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. But 
engineer as superhero. Gotcha. No problem. You invent shit. Fine. Yeah. But my impression of Captain America up till now is what a fucking cheese ball. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I believe there's She's a cons- so there's a, con- a conservative movement right now. Like Captain America is questioning America. What's happening? Comics are too woke. Like you haven't read a comic in 25 years. This has always been Captain America. He embodies uh, this era of patriotism, which. I don't know if you people screaming over wearing a tiny cloth mask over your face have noticed. You don't understand at all. You have no idea what it's like to make a sacrifice for your country. You pretend you're patriots all the time, but you kick and scream, whereas this generation sacrificed everything they had to do better in a place they didn't live. Whereas you couldn't prevent a disease, easily prevent a little disease from going to your neighbors. I still mm. want to go to the fair. Uh, like, yeah. So this so Captain so America- going to be a hard sell for me because it just seems so cheesy and i think they do such a good job of explaining who he is before the super serum and Mm -hmm. the the effects on little pipsqueak steve rogers is dude these i don't know that marvel isn't updating its effects i know they recently got called out for doing it for wandavision because they updated Mm -hmm. an effect pretty Hmm. quickly but like i know the planet of the apes movies does it and people don't care that they're george lucas in their films it's not changing the content of the film george lucas likes to do just by Mm -hmm. updating effects but did you see this like these effects are really good for 10 years ago there's a couple points where it's like yeah that's not great but then finding out like how they did this is they just shot every scene with little steve rogers four times Mm mm-hmm once with Chris Evans, once with the small guy stand in, once with just Chris Evans and no one else, mm-hmm. and once with everyone else and no Chris Evans. They had to shoot <laughs> these over and over and over so they can wow. composite everything together. Yeah, and it's like it's like a good chunk of the movie. It's like 40 minutes. Yeah. And I was just like, I have a larger TV than I did back when I bought this on Blu-ray. And like this still this holds up and looks very, very good. But it it always reminds me of the you know the Rocketeer and the first Hellboy like these period World War II movies I wish I loved more and I just mm. don't love this as much as I want to and I still don't but it's still totally fun Captain America for conservatives out there who don't know is the most surprising character in Marvel's main arsenal he is a cheesy symbol of patriotism who has transcended that at every step of the, every step of the way Civil War it's like the, the conservatives complain did you not even see Civil War. Like it's in the movie and in the comic 15 years before that, he did the same fucking thing, but more so this led the tribe of people who shouldn't have to register with the government just because of who they are. I mean, that's the thing is I always figured Captain America, he is an agent of the government. And so everything American government does is what Captain America does. And this movie explained much clearer, like, no, 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 he's American ideals, Mm -hmm. not American policy. So he does like, what we're supposed to do even when it's not what is like what we're actually doing like Mm -hmm. not expedient you know they're like we gotta rescue those guys and like "Mm, i don't think that's a good idea it's like fuck you i'm gonna go rescue those guys because it's the right thing to do gonna go rescue them so there and it's not about uh it's two star wars but it's not about uh killing what you hate but it's about saving what you love and that's and there's in in captain america's Mm -hmm. origin story along with human torch and Submariner, they're the <laughs> just obliterating Nazis is not what defines them. It's the yeah. other parts of heroism, the harder things to do. And yeah, that's uh, I think those like the key line. I said, Do you want to go kill Nazis? And he said, I don't want to kill anyone, I just don't like bullies. I just don't like, I was like love that. You have explained this character to me. Thank you so much. <laughs> You've done it very quickly. And then, I mean, the, the two writers, uh, was it Marcus and McFeely? They've like gone on to write 
most like a huge chunk of the rest of the Marvel movies. This mm -hmm. is their first one, but they also did Guardians. They've done the other Captain Americas. They did Endgame. Like, okay, these guys got it. They boiled it down to just the essential. Thank wow. you. Yeah, and I, I really want to say I'm saying this. Uh, Rewatching this is an endorsement of the film. It is superbly well done, more so than Thor. But it, it, it still, I don't know what it's lacking. That makes I wish I could watch this every week because it's like it's seemingly everything I love. It it's a t to me it was a teensy bit boring just because mm -hmm. like it's not essential it's not essential to the overall like kind of storyline I guess yeah I like, guess yeah I mean does like Red Voldemort come back <laughs> yes and in, in Endgame and Infinity War but okay for like yeah. no reason it's um, like a cameo it's not like he actually does anything it, I I just I assume I love Hugo weaving in this movie too and I'm bummed that we don't get him back as like I, i'm bummed that he, he he it's hated he hated the role yeah and didn't i don't blame do him again. makeup was awful mm -hmm. yeah that sucks he was very upfront about that but yeah he's hugo weaving is always fucking great and but, the cast yeah. is very very good well i think part of it is that i mean you've talked before about how you're kind of sick of the origin story I think, and I think this that's is it. what this is this is just origin story you, done very very well but you know, I, think I think that's that, why it's a little boring now especially like after we've seen everything else you know to go back and revisit it, it's kind of like that's hey, that's the, the origin story when you watch, if you watch the first iron man it's not the origin story of tony stark he is who right. he is it's just right. like how he gets his abilities whereas this is yeah. like and thor was thor before the movie started Yep. And, and and this is Thor, yeah they're both like how do they become avengers how do they get, not how do they become themselves yeah how do, how do they get powers essentially whereas this like takes mm -hmm. a long time to tell you all of that uh yeah. but it, it does it pretty elegantly and extra more extravagantly than those other two movies and um help me come around to it i want to love this movie more than anything else in the universe because i i feel mm. like it's very very good and shows a, a bit a more mature hand for Marvel that they break away from uh, skirting past origins and tell a more traditional story. But again, at this point, it is Marvel doing the movie at once, but it's still under, it's the last under Paramount, I think. If not, if, if mm -hmm. that's not Marvel, uh, no, that might be Iron Man 2, but uh, it's the Paramount we've movie. Passed, we've passed Iron Man 2, though. Have we? Oh, then this, yeah. is the, this is it. This is, it's under a new studio. I think they, Disney paid to have Paramount's logo shoved onto Avengers, but like, that was just because they didn't think people wanted to see a Disney logo before a Marvel movie. And they still don't put it there. Just like Star Wars. Because they want to make sure like, to not have that family stank or cred on it. Because sometimes they're going to go a little more extreme. And there are a lot of Nazis and shit in this. The kind of stuff that will get you banned from the Apple App Store is all over this movie. But uh, oh, That's like one of my weird quibbles. Is like they, they can't just be like bad, extra bad Nazis. They're like beyond Nazis. Mm-hmm. That's a little silly. And we're rewatching it. Michael pointed out, it's like, there's super weapons they have based on the Tesseract, which first Infinity Stone in play, everybody. Yep. Yes. do anything. <laughs> like, they don't use them very effectively. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of super weapons that they just suck at using. They're like never actually a threat. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of, yeah. Huh. I don't know. So that was odd. Yeah. I feel like it's part of like kind of the, about two thirds of the movie, it, it starts getting a little bit flabby as like the adventuring starts. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's got a little boring here and there, but overall, considering that, yeah, it's basically inessential. And the next time we get to the Marvel Universe, it's Avengers in a year's time, mm -hmm. which is why I'm kind of surprised that this came out in July because we just had Thor a couple months ago. Right. In like May. And then they go the full year. I, I'm surprised they didn't hold this to like November, which seems yeah. to be like part of their 
release plan. Yeah, it was my recollection was like, that they did, but I guess um, yeah, it is now. Like you, one in the summer and one in. But remember, at this yeah. point, they are building these movies at separate companies. So they're at the whim of Universal made Hulk and Paramount made Iron Man and this one and um shit no I guess that's it like it's it's Universal and Paramount so they have to deal with their schedule too mm. and after 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 this year they will no longer I think next year early in March Disney will buy Marvel that is the ten year anniversary wow uh, it still it still feels new to me too yeah so yeah I'm very weirded out we didn't even have we didn't have our own podcast back then that's how long right uh but i I still am enamored with this and I might watch it again because um I, I I watch it in two sittings I'd love to watch it in one yeah I think I probably need to rewatch too I was a little distracted when I was watching it so maybe I just need to revisit it yeah yeah I was just just so pleasantly surprised. I think I might have skipped this one the first time around. Mm-hmm. And like I got caught up pretty fast just watching the Avengers I didn't right. really need to know. And then went back and was like, oh, yeah, this character that I just said was super cheesy. And I was like not looking forward to this. Like he's become my favorite character. Like mm. this is there's an actually complicated, interesting guy under there. Yeah. And yeah, Chris Evans does a really good job. How would we feel if it were Krasinski? Because it was almost John Krasinski. Uh I, 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 it's I'd weird. Cool with it. Yeah, at the time, I would have preferred that because Chris, mm. just that the very, the very notion that Human Torch was going to play Captain America really fucking bothered me because <laughs> Chris Evans was one of the best things about those awful, awful Fantastic Four movies. But, but you wouldn't be bothered by Jim playing. Captain no, I don't. Ha- I don't have anything against John Krasinski at all. In fact, like everyone's hope is that Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are. Sue and Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four. And that is far better suited to the Marvel Universe. I would absolutely love to see his temples grade and become Mr. Fantastic. That would really, really make me happy. I don't care that he vouched for the CIA while promoting Jack Ryan. John Krasinski seems like a good dude. (laughs) And um, I would like to see him play Mr. Fantastic. Captain America, I I still recommend it. I just wish I loved it. As much as I want to love it. Tell- wow, we actually have television to talk about in this seg- this segment. Uh-huh. Holy Lord. 2011, they're actually putting television up against Captain America and Friends with Benefits. Who knew? Uh, Women's World Cup final. Japan beats U.S. in a shootout, which you, uh. hate, you hate to see. I'm, oh, they're so stressful. We just had one for the Euro Cup. They're so stressful. I just I watched that with my dad, and it's just like... And I, my dad was with me playing soccer my entire life, and it, like that just negates everything everybody did in the actual game. Ninety minutes yeah. are now wasted, and we could have lined up five balls and kicked them at a goal. And you make it; it's it's two people. <laughs> it's up to two people to win this game and negate the next ninety minutes. I hate shootouts so much. I don't know how you solve this because it's hard to score in soccer uh, and hockey, but like. I hate to see someone win in a shootout, except when it's Japan beating the U.S. And then, and then the Bar Rescue finally premiered. Oh my God, y'all! This is one <laughs> of the crown jewels of the um, A and E reality show. I think it's a Paramount Network show now. It is now, mm-hmm. but it, I think it started out on A and E. I want to say. Yeah, it was like when or Paramount maybe FX. No, I think it's FX. Actually. When Paramount Network launched, it was like we got Heather's a show that will. Uh, actually not air and we have office reruns and bar rescue these were like the three pillars they were promoting their brand new network on bar rescue is your best hotel watch i think (laughs) if you're like in a place and you know that you don't have anything to watch and they don't have their like nifty netflix set up any like 
a lot of hotels do. Bar Rescue is a good choice in a hotel, especially if they have a marathon. But yeah, if it's a guy named John Taffer, who's like a bar expert and has opened a million bars successfully and yada, yada, yada. And he goes into these like old failing bars that like are gross and have like bad customer service. And he screams at people. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've learned a lot from the clips I've seen online. Like, why are there so many lights in here? Yeah. This tap yeah. is rusty. You serve yeah. this to people? It is. It's like kitchen nightmares, but I find it more appealing, maybe because I love a bar. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I have several candidates in mind, actually, in Tallahassee, if John Taffer ever wants to come here. Uh-oh. But he usually, like, sends in some, like, decoy people to, like, go and order something, see how bad the service is. And because you're dealing with generally town drunks <laughs> to see some like fun interactions happen maybe it's a great it's just a really great fun show and you know you get to see a freak out every now and then so i just like i literally just like went on youtube and show me some john taffer f- screaming matches and just like pulled one for us just so you can get a little taste now i'm gonna prove to you that you're not hot mm, probably not there goes that arrogance again in that lies your failure. Your concept is wrong. Your interior is wrong. The way you treat your employees is wrong. Your attitude towards women is wrong. What the hell is right? You're, you are a You all talk. Now let's see what you got as a bartender. I'm going to call the five drinks. Let's see what you got, guys. A Manhattan, a Cosmo, a margarita, a martini, and an old fashioned. Now so, I'm fascinated. <laughs> yeah, right? Now you're invested because, yeah, in that particular episode, this bartender... I'm an like, asshole! Make me a pink asshole! Right now! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, he was like, oh, I never hire female bartenders because they just never will be as fast as a man. And so, uh, of course, John Taffer brings in like, oh, I'm bringing in... Shelly, who is like the number one mixologist in Las Vegas, and she's like with like a <laughs> cocktail shaker, like in the corner, like yeah, what an idiot. It's so fun. And I you, love the show. You can, you can like uh, you can stack like sixteen female bartenders for like every eight male bartenders. They don't take up as much space. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, one of the complaints was, well, they just can't reach the boxes on the top shelf. Get uh, a ladder, dude. I, I'm looking at your bar right now. No one's ordering from your top shelf. No, no shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> give, I'll tell you, uh, what kind of gin would you like? The Kirkland, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> give me the Kirkland. Look, I love Bar Rescue. It's super fun. Nobody tell me anything about John Taffer. I don't want to know anything about him. <laughs> I don't want to know about his personal life or his politics. Let's just like leave that out of the conversation. That's, I don't know and I don't want to know. I'll give this to you. However, this guy is apparently screwed. Famous for screaming at people. <laughs> so maybe he might have some embittered employees somewhere in his past. You're but... missing some mad dad energy <laughs> show for you. <laughs> I know. It's been a real long time since I've seen my dad mad. He's so fucking mellow now. He, know, he knows it's almost over. He's got he's got to square everything. What? Yeah. It's where all our dads just, are. Mine's uh, just high all the time. <laughs> That's how they got through the pandemic, damn it. They just got high and watched movies. I'm so proud of them. Breaking Bad season four premieres with Bucks Cutter. Yeah. Oh, it turns out Gus Fring, not a nice man. What? I know, right? I think, we, but that was established. I, I meant to watch this, but I read the description and I, I just, I, I didn't remember this having the impact of a season premiere. 
No, we we already knew that he's not a nice man but he just, because, you know, he runs the whole drug empire and right. everything. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he slits a guy's throat in front of people to mm. make a point. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. has them, uh, you know, get back to work around this corpse. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also this week, Awkward debuts in the 19th. Um, On what is MTV. I, I pulled a promo. I don't know if it explains it completely. So maybe just play a little bit and I'll fill in some gaps. For 15 years, I fantasized about everyone noticing me. And for the first time since I got my braces off, I didn't feel invisible. This year would be my year. For once, I wouldn't be overlooked. You are the shit J-Town. But nobody can know that I like you. That's yeah. not good. And then apparently the next part of the story is that she writes herself a letter that is like very disparaging i think and then she is taking some aspirin and accidentally chokes and falls down and hits her head and it ends up looking like she tried to kill herself <laughs> and so now like everyone in her life is like treating her like oh my god you know you tried to kill yourself we're really here for you but somehow this gets turned into a comedy okay uh, i yeah. i can see it i, I think see. there's some people out there who really like this show uh i think I think it went on for a couple of seasons on MTV. Five seasons, actually. Whoa. That's syndication. So, I, I, MTV, let me know, y'all. You know, everyone, y'all know that I love a teen drama for mm -hmm. sure. So let me know if this is good. I will check it out. Uh, What do we got here? Deadliest Warrior, season three premiere. Yes. <laughs> With George Washington versus Napoleon. It's not even yes. an army. No, the final season of Deadliest Warriors. Oh. So I'm going to shout out because this is the dumbest show ever, and I love it so much. Where they just mm -hmm. like do simulations and test weaponry and decide like you know which which guy is tougher. And this one is yeah, George Washington tactically versus Napoleon, and they think that Washington would have won if they fought. This show is so stupid. Please go look it up. I love I, it so. I might it's like then. it's like if MythBusters were for history nerds. Love it. Um, speaking of stupid, I have a real fun clip for you guys. I think I said it last week, but Captain America Super Soldier is out video games wise. Uh, it's the best. It's a real big bummer. We didn't have more Marvel games during this entire 10 years and 20 movies, but we didn't. And in the beginning we did with Sega. Sega was putting out games per every movie. And the best one is Captain America Super Soldier based on the Captain America movie. It's like a bad Arkham Asylum in World War II, but that was last week. Final Fantasy Tactics is out this week. War of the Lions, the remake for PSP. I know I got it with uh, PlayStation Plus. Um, if you want to get it, you might want to hurry. I think those sores are in some weird state of flux. Limbo comes to PSN, one of the biggest indie games of all time. And also Bastion comes to XBLA, um, a charming game where a narrator literally narrates every single thing that you do as the main character. The guy walked to the right, wondered where he was going. It's very charming. It's very funny. Um, and the people from the people who made Hades, one of my favorite games ever. And classics on 3DS, uh, Exevius is out. But I wanted to give a shout out to the Dancy Dancy games for the Wii that sometimes puts food on Diana's table. So I'm not going to make too much fun because <laughs> they are fun. They're what they're fun games. Just Dance Summer Party is out. And I have very few things on my personal YouTube channel. But we had working at a games website, we're like, where is this game Ubisoft said is coming out? It's based on the Just Dance mold, Smurfs Dance Party. Where is Smurfs <laughs> Dance Party? Why won't they give this to critics? Is this not good or something? It is very good. And it's based <laughs> on the Smurfs movie. And instead of silhouettes, you have a guy dressed as Gargamel that you have to dance to. And songs Ooh, like... Yeah, 
It's one of the most low red videos I've ever seen in my life to make a Just Dance Smurfs movie. It's Gargamel as PNGs of Smurfs pop out behind the background. It is ridiculous. Sorry I didn't capture that in HD. Um, But that is almost it for the show. Stay right there because we're going to have a quiz to tell you who was born this week. But before we do that, we got to tell you to check out patreon.com slash laser time to support this show and everything else in the Laser Time Network. I just talked about Channel Drift with Michael and uh, Matt. Sarah was supposed to be there. And I highlight that you couldn't make it. She's looking shocked, but you had you something came up. But I really was trying to gather the people I knew who still had cable to talk ah, about yes. the <laughs> decay of theming on channels on television because yeah, it's getting pretty ridiculous. MTV two, the channel started to play music videos once MTV corroded into no music videos. Mm-hmm. Now plays Fresh Prince of Bel Air twenty four hours a day. Uh, why do you exist as a channel? Uh, also, uh, Vigium Apocalypse with uh, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Rapares, and Manny Allen, and myself. I think we'll be talking about some Donkey Kong shit for his 40th anniversary. You missed that in Classic Corner, Diana. Yo. Uh, Don- <laughs> Donkey Kong's 40th birthday, which is, of course, Mario's 40th birthday. Oh, he looks marvelous. Yeah. He does. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Di, where can people find you? They can find me on the Twitter at ListenNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, and promoting next week. We have two movies in 2001, and um, Chris is going to not make it out of the segment. Oh, good. Because one of them is a movie I know you really like about a summer camp. Mm. Does this go back to one of my favorite Norm MacDonald jokes? Possibly. You know, I like my movies like I like my pasta. Meatballs too. And <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. It's a parody of movies. Oh, oh, I need some lube for my pussy. <laughs> yes. But the other movie we're going to be talking about is the worst thing that happened to Planet of the Apes of all time. No, Tim Burton, I hate you so much. Oh, Tim yeah. Roth, what a stupid character. Oh. <sighs> Oh my We're also going to be talking about one of my favorite music albums of all time. So I, the, clear the docket because I know I'm what it is. Talk about it. Songs inspired from the motion picture Planet of the Apes from Tim Burton. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yes. Damn. How did you guess? Oh, I was wrong. It was Earth all along. Try to decide if I want to rewatch that or not. We'll see. It's, it's going to so be tough. Fucking bad. It's got to be. It's going to be tough. Anyway. Let's get to who lived and who died. We have two unsung heroes who died in 2011. Uh, Alex Steinweiss, who is a graphic designer who kind of invented album art as we know it. Hmm. Like he was the only designer for Columbia Records from like 38 to like 45, 46. Mm -hmm. The only one. He designed the cover of the South Pacific cast album that's still just used as South Pacific. Wow. Like 70 years later. And we lost uh, Elliot Handler, who's the co-founder of Mattel Toys. He was 95. Mm. Huh. Got to thank him for your He-Mans and your yeah. Bobbies, Attaboy Elliot. Um, but with those deaths out of the way, we got to figure out who who rose into our lives with the births. The birthday quiz. Bubble birthdays. Oh, birthday is a doodly do, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do. I love doing these because I end up learning so many weird tidbits about stars. This is a guy I I love. This guy. 
and I love him more now that I know more about him. Turning 75 this week, born July 22nd, 1946 in San Francisco. His parents were both postal workers and activists for the NAACP. He had epilepsy as a kid and teen, but hasn't had a seizure since his 30s and is dyslexic. Didn't know either of those. You say 1946 born? Yeah, turning 75. O.J. Simpson. No. No. Santana. Oh, I wouldn't have done that. No, <laughs> but he did go to my alma mater, San Francisco State, go Gators, and was part of the longest student strike in U.S. history, which ended with the formation of the Black Studies and Ethnic Studies departments. Morgan Freeman. No, good guess though. He worked as a cab driver and in city government, then moved to acting. I did not know he's been trying to make directorial debut film about Haitian revolutionary leader Toussaint Louverture for like decades. Danny Glover. It is Danny Glover. Whoa! What? How did you do that? I was my next guess. He's like the only guy you could see walking around, uh, like, uh, what's that park on, around Baker Street in Hate? He lives up yep. there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, Danny Glover's been trying to make a Tucson Louverture movie, and he got like $10 million from Hugo Chavez, but wow. he still hasn't made it. Well, I yeah. got to point this out to him. He's getting a little, little too old for this shit. Anyway, I know. Not, not too old to direct a movie. <laughs> also, about to be Oscar winner Danny Glover because they announced he will be receiving an honorary Oscar for his humanitarian work this year. Awesome. This awesome. coming year. So, yeah. Movies of his we have talked about are kind of nuts because some of them are like voice roles and you didn't even know he was in them. Prince of Egypt, forgot he's in that. Mm. Shaggy Dog, Be Kind Rewind, Saw 5, Ants, Legendary, Lonesome Dove, 2012, where he played the president, Bat 21, Flight of the Intruder, Rage in Harlem, The Rainmaker, Death at a Funeral, The Second Version, To Sleep with Anger, Dreamgirls, Beloved, Gone Fishing, Lethal Weapons 1, 2, and 4, Predator 2, and then coming this year, we get to talk about Grand Canyon and Royal Tannenbaums. <sighs> oh, yes, I'm so excited. Have we talked about yeah. Maverick yet? Because he's in that too. Nope. Oh, I love Maverick. Yeah, Danny Glover, <laughs> you are awesome. Happy birthday. Uh, Happy birthday. Why did Sarah win that one? That's mm. There's not even a second one. I'm very one. good at my job. Oh, come now. <laughs> because she's big on Haitian history? I don't know. Word. Um, yeah, I can get that. I can't believe there hasn't been a movie about the Haitian Revolution yet. Like, there need to be, like, six different well, movies about it. It's a crazy story. It needs to be a movie about whatever's happening now. Um, mm, nah. Yeah, no, this is not the show for that. Uh, it's a show where we thank you guys for listening. Maybe check us out, uh, rate, review us on your podcatcher of choice. Um, that would be appreciated. Or, or help us out on patreon.com slash laser time. You got uh, six seasons of us, uh, four seasons until we're done with the decade, and three seasons until we get to talk about Danny Glover's cameo in Maverick. Um, and so, <laughs> it's all just working towards that goal. Uh, huh? It's all I've started the show for. It was a year too late. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. What are we closing out with? Uh, I figured ah, about some super bass by Nicki Minaj because it's high on the church this week. Hell yeah. Mm, I love it. Uh, well, let's close out with Nicki Minaj. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. Excuse me. You're a hell of a guy. I mean, my, 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 you're like Pelican Fly. I mean, you're so shy and I'm loving your tie. You're like slicker than the guy with the thing on his eye. Oh. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Somebody please tell him who the F I is. I am Nicki Minaj. I'm acting dudes up. Back coops up and chop the dudes up.